Oh, hey, didn't see you there. It's me, Lane Buzzard, and you're listening to Scott and Paul's Ramblin' Podcast. Don't switch off. Rambling podcast. Hello. Scott McLeod here joining as always my good friend and co-host Paul Brown. Hello. How are you today Paul? I'm grand. You, you seem grand. Uh, I am. I'm grand. Celtic didn't win. <laughs> we drew. We hibs. Mm. Ha 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 ha. Ha. <laughs> See well, I don't know the demographic of Celtic Terry Rangers or what football supporters listen to our show so we may have lost one or two people within 30 well, just seconds. To, just to let any of those Celtic Fans, no, I'm not one of you. Well, I think they gathered that when you said ha ha ha. But ha. unlike unlike some of these rather nefarious football fan types, I'm talking about ones from both sides mm-hmm. who are nasty minded little shites. I just like a good bit of banter, mm-hmm. you know. So used didn't he win? Ha 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 ha. That's all. Yes, I think we're both in good spirits because it's been a few weeks, but I think it's worth the wait because Paul has finally given me my. Of a belated birthday present. How belated? Like a couple of weeks or some shit? Yes. I <laughs> but I think I'm more of a made up for the time period. Yes, uh, we'll put a picture of it up. Uh, I'll take a picture when I get home uh, from Paul's after we record this and I'll put it up on our social medias. But it is a still from Kane's debut in the Hell in a Cell at Bad Blood 1997. And I must say, it looks cool as hell. You're most Thank welcome, you. dude. Thank most you welcome. Much. I look, I look out for my bros, man. I get them good gifts. I know that was really cool because when I see you said you were you were going to get me something, and I, I knew you would eventually. But yeah, you thought it'd be like a keyring or something, what? <laughs> or some booze. Like I don't know what it would be. I don't know what takes fed. I think it'll be something resolutive, or like if it comes to it, it'll probably give me some booze because I'm pretty sure that's what you got me last year. Yeah, cider. Yeah, yeah, lovely. Hi. <laughs> See, I, I, even then I look out for you, man. I, I get you a cool gift or I get you some cider. Well, I was going to say, it's better than, like, some people say, or oh, you just got me cider, like, would you rather that you got you nothing? What what gift? <laughs> ah, cider. <laughs> I can drink <laughs> on my birthday. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> but, but speaking of cider... And also, since, since you mentioned your gift and mm-hmm. a wrestling-related mm-hmm. gift, I can tell our listeners that my collection is now but one tape away from being at 100 tapes, 100 pay-per-views... People are waiting. People are going to be waiting for a bit of breath. They're going to be tuning next week. Did he get the hundredth tape? Yeah, and also, I mean, wouldn't you've seen it, Scott? What do you think of my collection? Pretty good. I was going to say, there's barely any wall space in here. Well, yeah. If, you, if, I, if people could see this, I have the wrestling wall. I have the music wall. Mm-hmm. I have the movie wall. We should take. We should definitely take some photos of this to show, give people an idea of what this actually. What your tape. We talk about the tape collection yeah. a lot, but well, I mean, I have, I have them, so I mean, I could put them on our Facebook profile, yeah. most definitely. I think that since you last posted, it's grown since then. Oh, it has, it yeah. has, it is most, most good. Mm-hmm. It's ever, it's ever changing, ever growing. I believe I posted my, I post a picture of my collection on a, ni- a nostalgic nineties page once. Yeah, and somebody commented in the vein of. That is the shit. Like that is the bomb, man. I was like, yeah, man. This guy knows. Yeah. You know. I was gonna say, well, you you're in the right audience for that kind of photo, aren't you? Hell yeah, because 
predominantly, apart from like maybe five percent of my collection, is predominantly nineties collection. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you got a good mix, but yeah, yeah. it's a mostly nineties. I mean, I'm, I'm, I have a little about five percent post nineties and about three percent eighties. I think. Although I'm, I'm strongly considering buying Rumble '89. Yeah. Just so I can bookend my nineties collection. You know yeah. what I mean? Have you got the the eight Rumble? Because like I say, then I. I didn't know you actually could get 88 on tape because that was the very first one. Yeah, I don't know if you can because I remember it wasn't uh it wasn't actually a pay per view. It was on like free TV. Yeah, on yeah. So I don't I don't know if it's like uh, available for. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's on the network or something. Yeah, it but... was on. It was on in Ontario, which was weird. And I remember watching uh, an OSW episode. It was with a it. twenty man, wasn't it? Yeah, I know Duggan won it. Aye, and like the first ever entrant is technically Bret Hart. Yeah, because he was the first one. I think it was him and. I'm gonna assume Tito, like someone lower, some lower card face yeah, from the time. Yeah. Best to assume it was probably Tito. Like Tito Santana. <laughs> when in doubt, guess Tito. <laughs> watch out, Tito's about. <laughs> watch out, Tito's about. Oh, you better watch out. But like I watched another episode about it, and what was weird was it was because they weren't sure about it at the time because they tried it on house shows and people kind of hated it. Yeah. Was the it wasn't the main event. Uh, segment the of that show they had some random tag match, yeah. Like I think it was Strike Force versus uh, the Wild Samoans or uh, something like that. It was something like that. I can't remember. Was, or, Haku, or Haku against Haku and the Barbarian. I think yeah, was that, that was a decent team. Yeah, Haku and the Barbarian. Haku was a beast, man. <laughs> but I mean, do you know the only thing I disliked about Haku? What was that? See that weird laugh he did in between each move. <laughs> yeah, you know, he hit somebody and then go ha ha ha. <laughs> you like stop doing that, man. Just hit him. I was gonna say you wouldn't really see that to his face. No, I've heard, story, heard stories about him biting people's nose off. I and heard shit he like popped that. someone's eye out with his thumb. I think so. Like I remember, I think he he finished a fight in a bar that was started by the Rockers. I remember like one of the, there were like two people in the world that Andre wouldn't fuck with, and one of them was Haku. Mm. Can't quite remember the other one. I think the other one might have been Harley Race, from what I heard. King Harley Race. Yes, King Harley Race. The man who <laughs> once brought a gun to to possibly shoot Hulk Hogan if rumor was believed. Yeah. Or about the time he ta- you hear about the time he tasered Owen Hart. No. But come on, how many wrestlers of that era wouldn't have wanted to shoot Hulk Hogan? No. But like <laughs> you know. Do you know why have you heard the story of why he wanted to sh- to ta- why he tasered Owen Hart? Oh, do tell. Uh Well I would I would assume it's got something to do with Owen Hart's sense of humour. Yes. He's because apparently whenever they were in like Harley's like, in an area of the US, a group of them would always go over to Harley's house and have dinner and Harley yeah. would make this chilli. You know, a nice host and Aye. whatnot. Harley would make this chilli. He would call his world famous chilli, but apparently it was awful, but out of politeness, everybody ate it. Yeah, well, like, you know, he's, he's doing a nice <laughs> turn for his also. But Owen, uh, wait, something you'd see out of a car- children's cartoon, poured some extra hot sauce <sighs> oh. into the chilli, and also everybody had to sit through it. Also, they had to eat out of place, but also they could they were struggling through because it was like, burning their mouth I off. suppose Owen thought he was funny as shit. Well, see, Harley could tell it was Owen because Owen was the one who didn't seem affected. <laughs> Harley comes to the next show that they're doing. He shakes the one hand like, yeah, fair enough, you got one there. And then he just took it a taser and tasered him. <laughs> <laughs> like, you think that's funny? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, not a man to be fucked with. Neither of them... Oh, well, on that one, mm-hmm. I have heard tell of Owen Hart's famous sense of humour. Mm-hmm. I have told you that one that he done on Ahmed Johnston, right? Right, right. He, he phoned him up 
pretend he was going to interview someone who wanted to interview him and left him waiting downstairs. Oh, he went, he went, Ahmed went and thought he was getting this big shot interview and he got all suited and shit and walked downstairs and waited for this limo uh-huh. and waited for a good half hour until eventually Owen fell out through behind a like, wall sort of going, <laughs> ah, you dick, <laughs> you bought it. You know, apparently British Bulldog would allegedly would check into hotels under false names because also he and he and Owen would do, would do pranks together, but we're also known for pranking each other. Yeah. So he didn't want so to avoid like getting Owen because Owen was also known one of these things was like phone up wrestlers' rooms. Yeah. And like like uh, there's well, we tells the story of some guy he ran into who wouldn't like he tried to get him saying all these things that he also wanted to sell. Yeah. And when he, he wouldn't, so then. Later on, when Val was sleeping, Owen kept phoning in his room, pretending to be that fan, and then he went came down for a fight. He just found like all he was getting, all he found was Jeddah and uh, Owen. They were just pissing themselves. Have you seen this guy? No, we haven't seen anybody. Like <laughs> <laughs> oh, you try outside. <laughs> right. Oh, like fucking, you know, rest in peace, Owen and all yeah. that. But apparently, he was a funny, funny, funny yeah. guy. I just realised it was 20 years ago as well. Yeah, 20 years since Owen passed now. Yeah. And yet still his wife won't let him be on him. Mm-hmm. Like, which I think is a shame. I'm sure they released some sort of documentary about him a few years ago. Wait, so. wait, no, Heart and Soul or something like that? Or like uh, Heart of Gold or something like that. Something like that. Something, something like that. Like that. But it took, a heart-related pun. Uh, it was some kind of thing that like, took him 20, like, 10, 15 years to get her to agree to. Mm-hmm. They were like, look, we're going to be honourable to the man, you know what I mean? Let yeah. us honour him. Mm-hmm. But I still think it'd be as much of an honour to have him yeah. in the game. Can you imagine the fucking, the, the sales? I know. The games would fly off the shelf if Owen was a definite character in the game. Mm-hmm. You'd like, have, you could even have him, like, you know what the wild have had Foley in the game? Yeah. They've had Foley in the game is like, you know, Cactus, Dude, blah, blah. You could have a rocket Owen Hart and you could have, you could have... You know, King of Hearts, but yeah. maybe not the last one. Yeah, but like, well, so not blue, no blue blazer. No blue blazer. I don't think his wife would appreciate that one. You, you know, somebody will go and create and sweet and make that though. Like, not maybe not for Owen himself, but they'll make a mask, like create a wrestler and call it the blue blazer. Yeah, I mean, I I probably could have done that because at one point I had all the music on my phone. Yeah, and could have probably done that. But mm-hmm. even I, with my sense of humor, I couldn't have mm-hmm. done that. You know, like. Because like, he died whilst portraying, in my opinion, a pretty crappy character. We say that, but I remember watching a segment from the, the SmackDown pilot, which was a few weeks before, like over the edge, and yeah, yeah. he's a pretty entertaining character. Like trying to like even Kevin, Kevin Kelly's interviewing him, he's like, "Come on, come on, you're Owen Hart," and you're like, "I have no idea what you're talking about. Who is this? Like, I'm here to protect the world, wrestling fairies, and there's too much <laughs> cleavage around." Yeah, yeah. And he refuses to say Valvinus's name because of what it sounds like. Uh, <laughs> like a lot of people compared, or some people compared that version of this whole clean, clean cuts to be able to like what Krang would do later on, like trying to be this goody two shoes yeah, and the attitude era. A goody two shoes heel. Yeah, basically. Uh, overbearing, like trying to push a good lifestyle on this like attitude yeah. era crowd that just wants to see tits and violence. Well, what? An eighteen to thirty-five year old male predominant crowd. Hmm. Tits and violence. I think that was the ingredient, Len. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up, isn't it? Well, that crowd is basically a crowd full of DXs. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and and Stone Colds and mm-hmm. Undertakers and shit like that. Like, like and, I remember and silly like, fans that gave Sable or Ego. But like, I remember like they did, I think it was 2K16, where Austin was on the cover, 
and the whole the showcase mode w- was uh, his career. Yeah. But obviously, one of the key moments of his career was the match with Owen, which they couldn't do. Yeah. At least I didn't play the thing with Sterling, so I'm assuming they couldn't do it because obviously. No, I played it. They couldn't. Yeah, they couldn't have a name. Like, you can't. I don't understand why you wouldn't want to play that match because of what happened to Austin and how that affected his career yeah. long term. But, like, like, it's a key moment in his career. If you're going to play his career, you need to have that match. Yeah, but. Uh huh. Well, it's, it's much the same when we done the history of WrestleMania, mm-hmm. and we couldn't show the, the best match in that WrestleMania because of the whole Benoit thing. Oh yeah, and also like, and it would be cool if they'd done right WrestleMania ten. They could have included if you wanted to play as Brett, you could do Brett in the own match and then play as Brett later on in the main yeah. event. We have Brian Pillman in the game, do they not? Yeah. Brian Pillman. So he's in the game. Like all the Heart Foundation has been completely in the game except for him. So if you had that, for own. if you so you've had him and you could do like, you can create factions. You could create the Heart Foundation yeah. as a faction, the ninety seven version. But even even with wrestle with the history of WrestleMania, we didn't have Sid in it. Yeah. You know we didn't have the the Sid match. Yeah, but I think they were going for most basically what's the most iconic match. I think a lot of people remembered the Smission match better, so that's why they. Included. I know. I'm just pointing yeah. out the fact that like Sid wasn't even a playable character in the game. Mm-hmm. At that point, he's a yeah. playable character now. Yeah. Which I fucking, mm-hmm. I love. I'm so happy that Sid's a part of the game. Because yeah. I, I always had a soft spot for Sid. You know, who's a man? <laughs> and like, that, that Survival Series 96 when he was coming down, and everybody was fist bumping the guy. Yeah. Like, yeah, she's going to beat this fairy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's basically the attitude. Yeah, that was the attitude. I mean, don't you remember the crowd pop when he powerbombed him <laughs> and got the pin? Every guy in that crowd went, yes! A man's won it! And you you can hear more about Paul's thoughts on Sid in that pay per view in our 90, SummerSlam ninety six review back Woo-hoo. in our archives. All good Android podcasting sites. <laughs> Podbean. A <laughs> fucking plug. Almost even even if I did almost say you can look at our Survivor Series nineteen ninety seven <laughs> review like no not ninety seven ninety six. That is when I knew Blade screwed me. <laughs> like, like even the pot for yay he may have given an old man a heart attack. Yeah. He hit him with a camera. He hit him with a camera. Oh. Then, and then Sean's terrible overacting get up get a medic get someone in here <laughs> <laughs> I'm not actually very nice to this old cunt backstage but <laughs> it's fucking Captain Kurt levels acting sad earlier on we were mentioning cider and I'll need to buy some more cider because I've only got one kind of dark fruits in my fridge mm. And for a punishment for a for a punishment pod for for Rogue I need to watch, uh, the episode of Nitro, the September twenty fifth two thousand episode, where Vince Russo wins the title. Oh no, you don't. I, I do because because I'm not Why? gonna because I wasn't very good at predicting what would happen at Clash of Champions, and now I must be punished. Oh, that'll not be good. I I feel sorry for you, man. I, I was setting up on the network last night. I got four minutes in. and I turned it off. Ah, so, apologies. Oh. I'm very warm. Yeah. So Are you very warm? Not really, no. I'm roasting, I'm sitting directly. Well, it's not at the moment, I'm not, but like, like, ah, like this is going to be a long one. I realise, like, I need to turn this off and get more alcohol tomorrow. I've not got, I'm not well stocked for this. Get some bourbon. No, thank you. But like, I looked at some weed and bourbon. Open a video package of Vince or something. Like, remember that rumour where the, the rumour of Shane getting the title and then they didn't, allegedly, because of Bischoff, says, yeah. like, don't do that. Obviously, clearly, <coughs> clearly Bischoff was watching Nitro at the time and seeing what happened with Russo, and then that's he remember he had PTSD when somebody mentioned, "Oh, I might give you the tail." I was like, "No, mm-hmm. don't do that. Don't do that. He what? doesn't need it." 
Like, but I'm watching this, I'm like, this is what happens if you, what would happen if you gave Shane the belt. Watch, watch what happened with yeah, Russo yeah. here. Watch the Russo thing. And then they're fucking, they're very over the Nitro's video package, opening video package for the time that nearly gave me a headache. Yeah. Just all over the place, fucking thing. <laughs> like, like getting to watch anything. You being told you're going to watch any episode of WCW or any WCW product in the year two thousand. Yeah. It's an arse enough, let alone this. Because like his Russo storylines are hard to follow as it is. But then just being told, oh, I'm just going to watch this one episode of Nitro isolated when I know nothing of what's going on. Yeah. And from listening to some clips, the the commentators don't know what's going on either. I was about to say, round about two thousand Nitro, I don't think many of them knew what was going on. I think a lot of the time it was made up on the fly. Like, if you don't like Vince Russo and you're sick of just listening to him like, rip the piss out of him, you should check out some Eric Bischoff's podcast on because Eric Bischoff fucking hates him. <laughs> like, he's right, right, ripped in him. Like, he said, like, Vince Russo is very good at talking you into why his idea is good. If you want to watch a Vince Russo idea crumble, just ask him, okay, so what do we do next week? <laughs> <laughs> and his whole idea will fall apart. Like, they did the Bash of the Beach 2000 episode on Eric, of Eric Bischoff's podcast. He's yeah. like, and like the way he just tears into Vince Russo and how Vince Russo like didn't cue him in and the whole shoot part of when Vince did that shoot promo yeah. and Hogan and all that, and because that's what sent Bischoff and Hogan from those. They're like, fuck it, we're done with this because Hogan appeared in that show and never came back because mm. he was meant to come back and do this whole real world champion angle and like, no, I'm not coming back. I thought what you said yeah, about I'm me. I'm not doing this. One good thing that Vince Russo did in that promo was he called. Hogan, a balding son of a bitch, or a bald son of a bitch. <laughs> when Hogan just basically had that wee bit of the hair at the back that wouldn't just, that's clinging on and just won't go, wouldn't go away. <laughs> like I still have hair. Yeah. yeah. Not enough to do a comb over anymore, but nah. maybe a comb forward. Like so you see very early eighties stuff of Hogan. Like his hairline's still going back a bit, but it's still compared to what you're used to seeing of Hogan. Yeah. You just look at him like. Well, if Jesus. you see Hogan when he's in the blue trunks. Yeah, that's what I think. You know. He's got his balding when, yeah, but he still has a, a good amount of hair, mm-hmm. you know, just like when you see Ric Flair in the seventies and he's got a uber perm, <laughs> you know what I mean? He has most beautiful permed hair. You ever see a picture of Ric Flair from before that plane crash where he was a uh, like three hundred plus pounds? Aye, oh, a big bugger. Aye, big muscular guy. He was like Triple H built. Uh-huh. It's like. He just looks like he's wearing an actor wearing a fat suit. It doesn't look like he, that's what Ric Flair should look like. Yeah, but he's really bulky. You know? Yeah. Then he broke his back and became more slimlined. Yeah, because he, he was originally a power-style wrestler and obviously he had to change his style. Yeah. After his injury. But he still came back and made himself a legend, though. Mm-hmm. What have you been up to, Paul? Because I know you've been bidding on a lot of tapes. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm bidding on some Hogan tapes. Yeah. I hope to win those. I'm bidding on some WWF magazines. Alright. Hope to win those. I probably will win those. What, from when about any specific time period you're looking at? Well, well, the ones I'm bidding on, I'm bidding on a 96 one with Goldust on the cover. Uh-huh. And I'm bidding on a collection of four which has Hogan, Rockers on, Hogan on one, Rockers on one, Undertaker on one, and some random shit on the other one. So I'd assume like early 90s, like maybe 91, uh-huh. maybe 90 through to 92. Yeah. I'm guessing, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, four early 90s ones and a mid 90s one. Well, mid to late 90s, 96. Yeah. yeah. So, like, you said you're like near like, 100 takes. Like, is there certain. Like, once you get. If you get those three Hogan takes, they'll take you up to 102 if you get them. But, like, is, is there a number you're going to get to really? I was like, maybe that's me. 
Maybe that's me down unless it's like a special like tape. You're like I need to get this one. Maybe when I don't have any room left on the wall. That's that's basically the element. Like if I can't when I stop being able to see what color the wall has, that's the. Yes. <laughs> yes. Basically. <laughs> basically. When you need to take one of your posters down in order to fit a tape, and you realize that's maybe. A... Yeah. I mean, I I do want. I won't lie. Lair where la la poster layer is under the down where down here t-shirt. Well, there's random attitude errors. I would like to move that poster, you see, uh-huh. and I would like a road dog t-shirt. Alright. Lair because a DX, a New Age Outlaws, Mister Ass, and a road dog t-shirt. I thought that down where down here was a was a road dog shirt. No, well that's more an Outlaws one. Alright. Yeah, but I'd like a specific, you know. Roll a dog a bone, yeah. Road dog specific shirt, mm-hmm. you know, because whenever you seen Billy Gunn wearing a Mister Ash, you always seen the road dog roll a dog a bone one, yeah. You know, so I can get that, I can get those four, because the ones I want mm-hmm. are well without my without my price range, you know. But I seen one, I, I do want a China Syndrome one, mm-hmm. three figures, uh-huh. you know. I seen an original. Like Shawn Michaels of the era one. Yeah. You know? Three figures. Mm-hmm. And the original, you know the original DX logo t shirt, the red? Oh, aye. Yeah. With the white lettering? I think I vaguely remember yeah. that. Yeah. Because like, I remember X Pac would wear red for ages and then when he was in DX and then for ages after DX was done, he still wore DX gear. Yeah. Well, the original one looked like, like, a, like a paint smear or a blood smear or something, but mm-hmm. it was a cross. Like, mm-hmm. And it just said DX, you know what I mean? D-Generation X, now three figures. Jesus. And by that I mean three, zero, zero. Yes, sir. Three figures. Like, there's a thing of China, I think it was that terrible t-shirt they brought out for a while called something for China. Because, uh, <laughs> like, basically one of the ones like, do you get it? Do you get it? It's a pun. Yeah. Like, and unsurprisingly, they didn't sell many of those. No, but the China Syndrome one. Yeah. That's one. Do you what? know what one I'd love to find, though, which I haven't even seen on eBay yet? What? Do you remember the one Triple H was wearing just not long after he joined DX? And it was the the wax stamp. Triple H. Red wax stamp. I don't want to look all this. Yeah, it was a red... It was like, you know, like, it, it was kind of like a T-shirt that bridged the gap between his Ponce character... <laughs> Merging into a DX character mm-hmm. Triple H, and it was a a wax stamp like a, but it was like HHH. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he always wore it. It was really cool. Don't want to remember this. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, there are some really bad T-shirts. There's one with Austin where he's maybe up in the number of his arms, but they've replaced his arms with like rattlesnakes. I've something. seen that one. Yeah. I'm looking like that. Like he keeps coming out wearing that on like, on like episodes of Ron's Madden. He's like. Why do you why do you wear what is who wants that shirt? <laughs> like, sometimes they take this whole he's a rattlesnake really too seriously and that's yeah. that's gone too far. I seen a dude love T shirt on eBay for a hundred. Alright. You know. Would I get it though? Mm. Does tie dye tie in with my rather colourless exterior? No. I was gonna say I think I think I can imagine you wearing that kind of shirt like occasionally. But yeah. like Depends on how fond you are, dude. Love because I don't think he's the most fondly remembered of Mick Foley's personas. No, I did not. I did not care a lot for Dude Love. Yeah, I thought he was just like going to make him go away and bring his, cactus or his, mankind or his, something. Uh, sweet shin music he used to do. Or 
when he was when he, he was a hippie, but then he became the corporate hippie for a couple of months and yes. took stone homes. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And then that's what led to the fucking shirt and tie. <laughs> and that's what ruined the mankind character when he went away from the brown attire. You remember the, I the, remember, the I brown remember. attire with the weird I remember, symbol? I remember. I miss that mankind. He was a lunatic. <laughs> oh, so, we were even watching this morning, myself and Brian were watching uh, Jobbers fucking up. Alright. You know? Like, it's like, the thing on YouTube is wrestlers injured jobbers uh-huh. but twice we watched two of them uh-huh. and twice we quite clearly seen that it was a jobbers fuck up uh-huh. one was i don't know if you've seen the triple h one where yeah. he pedigrees the guy because the guy i don't think the guy, the guy knew, jumped the guy thought he was going for like a double under like powerbomb yeah. style move he didn't realize what the pedigree was well apparently from what i heard triple h had talked it out with him beforehand and the uh-huh. guy went and said i've got it i'm cool uh-huh. and he fucking jumped and you can see triple h looking at him after it going really dude uh-huh. come on and then there's the one way enhancement talent Chuck Austin uh-huh. back in 91. Was it the Rockers incident? Yeah, when he went and took the rocker dropper and broke his neck. Uh-huh. No, I watched the incident and the news footage of like the aftermath. Plus, I watched the interview with Marty Gennetti years after the fact. And Marty says, right, the guy said, oh, Marty said he was going to protect me, blah, blah, blah. Marty's side of the story is, look, I asked the guy, I took the guy backstage and I asked him, I says, do you know we're going to go through this? And he went, oh, I have a rocker dropper, I've seen that, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm good, I can do this, no problem. Mm-hmm. The guy constantly reassured Janetti and knew what was coming. Mm-hmm. And then, much like the guy wrestling Triple H, mm-hmm. as Janetti went for the leg of the back of the neck, mm-hmm. the guy jumped, as Janetti jumped, mm-hmm. and went he'd first into the mat and broke his neck, yeah. you know? And apparently, right, apparently, the guy says, as Ginetti leans down to him, he said to Ginetti, I'm hot, I think my neck's broke, but Ginetti proceeds to roll him over, uh-huh. tag in Sean, they go for the, 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 moon, the body slam, mm-hmm. or the punch, or whatever it is, and the pin, right? Uh-huh. And Ginetti's side of the card, Ginetti said he leaned down to the guy and said, I'm alright, I'm alright, I'm cool, I'm cool. Uh-huh. So, you know... And Jeanette says, because, I mean, you don't want to hurt a guy in the ring because that makes, that, that's bad for the guy, that makes your company look bad, that makes uh, you look bad. Makes you look like an arsehole. And Jeanette said, up until that point, I, I had never injured anybody in the ring, <laughs> you know? And Jeanette is saying, like, the guy, the guy told me, the guy told me several times that he knew it was coming, knew it was happening. And Jeanette tried, like, asked him, like, even before they went out, Jeanette's like, so you good, you know what's going Mm-hmm. You know what the setup is, blah blah blah, and he's like, oh, yeah, cool, cool. I do about three shows a week. I'm good. But a lot of the time, I feel bad for these jobbers. Yeah. But if you're going to bullshit a professional and tell them what you know what you're doing, mm-hmm. you're asking for trouble. Aye. You know, don't go out there and bullshit somebody and say that you know what your job is if you don't know what the fuck you're doing, because you're going to end up getting fucked. Yeah. Like, so you think. Uh, you see, over at the time, Goldust briefly got fired because of an um, injury to Yoshitatsu in a match that he agented. It was in like 2012. He got brought back like a few months later, but it was the prime time players v Yoshitatsu, and I don't know who his partner was, right? Yeah. But, uh, uh, Titus and Darren had just moved to SmackDown because they'd been on that XC redemption thing on the dying days of it being reality show and becoming what it is now. Yeah. But, like, so they, they do this thing where they host them up, Titus has got them up and they do kind of a powerbomb uh, diving clothesline yeah, combination, yeah. right? 
and like Goldust approved the move. Sort of like a doomsday device kind Aye, of thing. But, but kind of said it's into yeah, as Titus is power bombing him and Darren's meant to be clothesline, so they both, he's going uh, down. He's not just knocking off shoulders, he's going down with Titus. It's extra as, oomph. Aye, Titus is going down with him as Darren's like diving at him. Aye. So they do that, they do that move and Goldust has approved it and all that. And the way you watch the video, the way Ushitatsu goes down, he very nearly lands on the eight in the back. Nearly does a Henry Godwin. Right, nearly lands on the back of his neck. And like, they, they fired Goldust for, for approving the move that nearly fucking... And yeah, like, paralysed him. Could, nearly, could have injured Ushitatsu. He was fine by all accounts, but like... Aye, but it hurt him. Aye. Like, I remember he was suffering even serious injury Ushitatsu in, in Japan, because I think he took a sales clash wrong. Oh. And he injured his neck, he was out for ages. Jeez. Some, and for some reason, New Japan for a while they put him on commentary, but they put him on the English commentary. He's like, oh, he can speak English well. Like, yeah, but it's not his first language. You're in Japan and his native country. <laughs> put him on the Japanese commentary team, you da. That's... Yeah. Oh, I, I think we've rambled quite a bit about wrestling. Yeah, we have quite a bit. We've done quite a bit of rambling. What, is that you're, you're saying you want us to move on to something non-wrestling? I think we should move on, because if we keep on, we're just going to keep prattling. Yeah. We'd, we'd, get, we'd get locked in this... This mode, we start talking about wrestling. Uh-huh. I mean, there's, there's potential it could carry on. Now we could, we could, somebody will say something, <laughs> and then we'll hit on it, and then we'll be here <laughs> even longer. Well, I am pulling the plaster. We we move on. All right. Here's a question for you, Paul. Have you watched the first episode of The Good Place? I haven't yet. Neither have I. It's I on, the first yet. episode is on Netflix now. Of season I know. Four. I'm doing this thing where I've binge watched it so much. I've decided I'm going to wait till there's like maybe three or four episodes on Netflix, yeah, and, and then, then start. binge it. And then start watching, so I can maybe watch but, two. But, if you're going to do that, you're going to have to do your best to avoid spoilers. I will, yeah, I'm going to try and avoid spoilers for that, but like, I think I did a good job of that before, because like, I, I kind of knew what happened at the end of season one, but I knew nothing else really about yeah. the series before I started doing binge watch the first three seasons, so I think I'm good at avoiding spoilers, but like... By the way, you're welcome for my recommendation. I, I got it recommended to me before you, by the way. Well, you're welcome for me pushing the fact. Like, I help, damn it. So like, if I've got like four episodes to watch, I'll maybe I can maybe watch two and save the other two episodes, and then when five comes in, I can watch the next two, and then yeah, like, I'm trying to save them up because there's going to be thirteen episodes, and then that's it's gone. It's gone forever. Well, I I think we may watch the first episode this evening. All right. I think. Well, no spoilers. I won't tell you what happened. I won't, I won't come on the phone right away and mess you and go, guess what, man? Guess what? I'll, guess what? I'll, and I will try my best unless I come back next week and tell you, I cares, man. I had to watch it. Ch- Chidi went insane and killed everyone. <laughs> well, what are they going to do for the next 12 episodes? Everyone else is dead, Bob Chidi. <laughs> Chidi's sitting there in a room on his own, freaking out, rocking back and forth with a gun in his hand. Janet, and I couldn't take it anymore. With Janet, with Janet occasionally popping up. Hi, I'm Janet. Go away, Janet! <laughs> it's unlikely, but how weird would it be if we turned in the, tuned in the episode and that's actually what happened? Uh, it seemed like we were oh, spoiling it's not, it. It's not Janet, it's like, hi, I'm Derek. <laughs> Maximum Derek. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's he's always a mental bastard, that guy who plays Derek and everything. Like, you've seen him in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, have you gone that far when he no, comes in? No. He plays a character called Adrian Pimento, he comes about, he's been undercover in the Mafia for 12 years. So he's went proper mental. <laughs> like he rightly comes in, he sits at uh, Jake's desk. That used to be his desk where he came in. He puts his hand on him, he just like pulls a knife and like, what are you doing? <laughs> he's constantly paranoid that people are out to yeah. get him. Because he goes away for it. Oh, where, where, where have you been? Well, that's a funny story. 
and he's, he shows a, shows a flashback of when he was away and he's getting punched the shit out of. How is that a funny story? <laughs> Have you seen the the first few episodes of the latest season of Hot Ones on YouTube? I haven't. Well, I half watched Ashton Kutcher. Ah, he's, the latest episode, he goes properly mental towards the end of it. Does he? I only watched Probably. his first couple of wings. Because ah. he's properly going into it like, I'm, I'm not going to be good at this. Yeah. And then you've got Shia LaBeouf in the first episode. He's actually a pretty decent episode. So. Yeah. Does he freak? No. See, I'd... No, well, he starts... I think this, this basically starts getting to him. He starts tearing up in the last few ones. Uh, he's like, his nose is running. He's starting to tear up a bit. See, I I don't like to watch it unless they suffer. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, see, see when they're sitting there and they're eating it, you're like, yeah, that's nothing, man. Mm-hmm. Well, I say that. I always say that it's the first few. It's always the last few they get, no matter who, who it is. You know, you notice how every one of them, whenever they get to the bomb. Yeah, the bomb is always, that's always the eighth one. So. They get to the bomb and then they're like, ah, oh, oh, God, and then we get to the last one and we go, oh, that's not interesting thing about the Shia LaBeouf one is he does a thing that nobody else I don't think has ever done. He doesn't do just the last dab. He, he dabs every single wing on the way up. <sighs> and he clearly regrets it by the time he gets to the bomb, but like, by then he's like, I've come this far. <laughs> like, I can't go back now. I'll need to watch that one. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's, he's doing the thing that some of them do, like the host, Sean Evans, like, obviously he's also used to it by them, but occasionally it gets to him. Yeah. But like, each shell before about seven, I think, when he's finished, like, his glass of water, and he's basically getting shit to Sean Evans, like, like, look at him, you've barely even touched your water, I'm nearly done with mine. <laughs> and he switches to the milk now. Yeah. So, anybody who hasn't been on it, do you like to see on it? How would I like to see on it? I think. I would like to see Bray on it. I was going to say about Bray going, because like... I'd like to see Wyndham Rotunda on it. Because I think he's from the South, and I think they like they have quite a few spicy link thing food down there, so I think it'd be interesting to see how he handled it. Uh, well, I really like him after one thing I've seen on uh, YouTube, <laughs> like, wrestlers talking about what metal bands they like. Yeah. And we asked Bray Wyatt, like, if you could pick, if you could pick any band uh-huh. to play you to the ring, who would you pick? And he went and stopped and he thought about it and he said it in his low breaking voice and it, maybe Pantera. Uh-huh. Like, maybe maybe Pantera, but Dimebag. And I was like, yes, man! You know what I mean? And then he was asked, he was like, who would make a good member of the Wyatt family? And he's like, maybe Dimebag Daryl. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe Dimebag. And he was like, you know, God rest him and blah, 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 but maybe Dimebag. Yeah, you know, there's, a, there's a wrestler in, in AEW called Luchasaurus. Yeah. He wears this, like, dinosaur style mask. He, he's, he's, like, six foot something, but he can do, like, dies. He does martial arts and all that, and he's, he teams with a guy, Jungle Boy. And I've talked about before, he was Luke Perry's son. <laughs> and he comes out with Luchasaurus carrying Jungle Boy, and he's, he's shoulder, they call called a boy, and he's dinosaurs, their tag team name. <laughs> and, and yet, he's, like, they may be the intelligent of the two, because in real life, he's got a master's. <laughs> I meant to tell you, by the way, but what? Brian told me to tell you. What? He is now done with WWE. Has he? Yeah. Why? What is it? Because he's seen Impact. What? So Impact has drawn him over, has he? Mm-hmm. All right. I haven't, actually, seen... I haven't actually fully checked out an episode in ages, but... He's seen Impact and he went... You mean... He basically looked at me as if he'd been putting WWE in my throat oh. and this was here. Because he never tuned in the Impact before. Even no. when it was TNA. No. Mm. He didn't even know it was, like... He was under the assumption that many are under. Yeah. That WWE are the be all and end all of professional wrestling. I think there's very few people that still think that, especially now. Yeah, but I was like, that team, you didn't know there is other sources here. There's AEW, there's 
Impact, there's Ring of Honor, there's New, New Japan. Because I'll come back to AEW later on, no. I know we're talking quite a bit about wrestling, but I'll, I swear there's a point yeah. to this, I'll come back to a non-wrestling thing in a minute. Lucha Underground, Triple A. Yeah, Luchasaur was, and Lucha Underground is Vibra, he was this giant like snake, he was, there was a group called the Reptile Tribe, and he was maybe their big <laughs> enforcer, yeah. and he got killed off, because characters in Lucha Underground get killed off, and he got killed off because Johnny Mundo cut his head off with a sword. <laughs> And I get now. I said I'd I'd go back to what I was saying before the non wrestling thing before, and I will get back to it. But I need to tell you this. Well, I should have told you before, and I I forgot to tell you, and and I must tell you now. Because guess who might be coming back? John Morrison. I was gonna say I was gonna point slowly yep. to your poster over there. I heard that, and I was quite. I was. I read it, and then I read it from another source, and then I read it from another source, and usually, I don't usually buy into it, yeah, like until I, I've read it from three different sources, like... Because I've seen a tweet someone shared in a group chat saying he was coming back, and I'm like, I don't like it, I buy this, and then I've seen multiple places reporting yeah. on it, and I'm like, alright, like, we're interested, because you've got the draft coming up in a couple of weeks, so, where do you put him, do you bring him to Bronze Madden, do you put him in NXT? Do you think he'll come back as... As John Morrison? As John Morrison? Yeah, I think so. Cause Cause see, it, see if we're doing the draft and then his music comes on, you get like, oh, yeah. the slow-mo entrance again. Yeah. You're like, yes, man. Because oh. I loved him. He was cool. Do you bring him back on his own or do you put him with a Miz again as they were? Because I liked them when they were teaming. No, Miz and Morrison. Because Miz isn't doing anything at the moment. I think if, he, if Morrison came back, they got back together. Bring a Miz a bit of cool. Yeah, they <laughs> so, like, yeah, were tuning in to check their, their com show, The Dirt Sheet. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. Like, Do you think, though, if we pair him with Miz again, mm-hmm. that Miz will come out wearing his wee funny hat again. <laughs> yeah, but his wee, his wee Scott, Scotty too hotty hat. Also, he would do his whole slow motion thing, right? And then Miz would kind of do it as well, but he would just put his two arms up in there or something yeah, like that. Like, <sighs> and this was back before Miz was using the whole awesome thing. Yeah. So the, the intro every week to uh, every intro to their dirt sheet would be the same thing. It would be Miz calling himself a chick magnet. And John Morrison would say some random fact about himself. <laughs> like, hi, I'm John Morrison, and you can bounce a quarter off my ass. <laughs> and he tries, he kicks a quarter and tries to get Miz to do it, and he goes, I'll pass, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're lost. <laughs> oh, bring them back, put the dirt sheet on the network, fucking yeah, get yeah. away. Put also, the dirt sheet on the network and put the titles on them. That'd be cool, because, like, Put, put the raw belts on because they need the raw belts need to save them more than SmackDown because SmackDown ones yeah. are on the revival they're fine yeah they're fine they're on a solid team yeah I might I might not be overly the biggest fan of the revival but they're mm-hmm. a solid fucking team yeah definitely I'm like Celtic couldn't beat Hems <laughs> that's plenty <laughs> is that childish a little bit we've moved on yay childish but yeah I'm really interested to see Celtic what happens with John up. Morrison Celtic's up <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I'm trying to move on. Okay. So Luchasaurus, the thing with him was he was in WWE developmental for a while and then he said this isn't for me. This yeah. is in the very early days of NXT. So he appeared in a few job he jobbed out in a few matches, a guy called Judas Devlin was his name. Mm-hmm. When he slid his name in apparently Bray talked about maybe getting him in the Wyatt family before they mm-hmm. fully figured out what the Wyatt family was gonna be. Yeah. So it didn't work for him. So that's where that was what I was relating to that long-winded version because you mentioned Bray. But yes, I think it would be really good on hot ones, but like, what uh, rambling rabbits? <laughs> <laughs> what are we gonna put on this wing? How about this rambling rabbit paste? Because <laughs> uh, we've had wrestlers on it. Yeah, they they've had Sasha, Sasha was on it and Jericho, Jericho and Austin. Austin. So, 
RVD, he'd be good <laughs> on it. I think he'd be pretty good on it. Probably, he would. Pro- he'd definitely be hungry. He'd probably, he'd probably be high when he got there. Yeah, but that was the thing that I had to say. <laughs> I told you like we watched Impact, right? And yeah. Generally, it was a pretty solid show. Uh-huh. But you see, they had this, they had this match, right? Mm-hmm. ECW Originals, uh-huh. and. I don't know if Tully Blanchard has a daughter that's a wrestler. Tessa Blanchard, yeah. Tessa Blanchard, well, was a... She's very good. Yeah, slightly. she's vicious, man. Yeah, she, she main evented Slammiversary in an intergender match against Sam McCallaghan. Yeah, but she was there mm-hmm. with RVD, Rhino, uh-huh. and Tommy Dreamo, right? <laughs> now, I One of these wa- things is not like the other. I don't want to speak ill of the aged, <laughs> right? And I'm mainly talking about Tommy Dreamo here. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the most pathetic thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> right? They were doing lots of spots, like suicide mm-hmm. dives and shit like that going up the ring, right? They've done, you know, they've done them to the point where you're like, come on, man, do something else. Mm-hmm. You know? Tommy Dreamer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he struggles to get his fat old ass up the turnbuckle, right? Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, he 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 doesn't jump uh-huh. off the turnbuckle. Uh-huh. All of them are waiting outside for him to do his thing. And he, I will use this teddy bear as an example. He climbs up the thing. Give me an example that we can't fuck. No, oh, I'm fucking... showing you for the comedy yeah. value. He goes, he just kind of goes, uh-huh. <laughs> He just falls. <laughs> he just falls into them. Mm-hmm. You can see his big moobs jiggling, <laughs> you know what I mean? But he just looks like a very out of shape, a very unfit and out of breath old man. He quite not just kind of like, uh, <laughs> it fell on him. I think it was the way his jugs that took them. <laughs> but you're like, you know what? When you're looking at an old wrestler, you're thinking, God, man, just come on, play the game, go home. You know what I mean? <laughs> Get you're, to your bed. Go to your bed. Go have a cup of tea or something. And then later on, the mm. the guys that were against the uh, LAX, right, uh-huh. who have just joined the AEW. Yeah. We watched the last it, match in, in Impact. Probably they won't be able to use the LAX anymore because that's a cheap Impact own yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. But um, the guys that were happy about them leaving, mm. I don't know who it was. It was just some stupid team in Impact, right? right. But they were walking about like with party hats and mm. pinatas and shit. <laughs> we walked up the RVD and Rhino mm-hmm. with a pinata. And like, Aren't you happy? LAX is gone forever. <laughs> like, look, we have a pinata. <laughs> You want to play with a piñata, Rhino? <laughs> he like he grabs it and spat. He's like, "No, I don't want to play with a freaking piñata. <laughs> I don't want to party." And they walk off. And RVD fights up. And he's like, "I like to party, <laughs> dudes." <laughs> and he does it, Rhino. He's like, "Bro, why are you so angry, man?" Like, I just wanted the freaking candy. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, "Yes." Uh, it's like the right, the right level of, sort of ruthless aggression, silliness. <laughs> With really decent matches, I mean, yeah. they, like five percent of it was a bit sluggish. Like they had a like a women's match, it was like two heavyweights basically. Yeah, the match itself was really poor. Yeah, like really, really poor. The spots were drawn out and really, really shitty and that. But the cruiserweights in this and, and some X of the division, bigger yeah. the X division types, they were really solid. Yeah. Yeah, like Rich, really, you had uh, Rich Swan who was the X-Men jammer up until recently. Yeah, yeah, he went and did some really good spots in his match. So it was like, you could hear a good audible bit in yeah. the match between him and the guy because, like, Rich Swan went for a move mm-hmm. and the guy reversed and went, 
nope. <laughs> and then Rich Swan done another move on him and successfully done it, went, yes! <laughs> you know, he's like, nope, <laughs> yes! <laughs> uh, have you seen much of, of Sam McCallaghan? Uh... He's going to be challenging uh, Brian Keyes, the world champion at Bound for Glory in October. The, the big pay-per-view. Oh, for... is that in October? Yeah. Oh, shit, I thought that was this week. No. No, when, what, let us say, I'll watch it on Five Star. Well, at least, at least, I'm sure it's October, but Sam McCallaghan's Pretty much, I'm pretty sure he should get the belt from because for the last year the most talked about guy in, in fact, is him. Yeah. So like I said he and Tessa Andrews had that intergender match at Slammiversary that may have entered the show. Yeah. And because uh, uh, one of his things is coming out with a baseball bat, and then she came out for the entrance. Her entrance was a gold baseball bat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was excellent, and it's like, uh, what was that thing? Aye. and there's a weird match happening at Bound for Glory because you have Miss. I've seen it, sh- seen it shows where he does the whole thing where he used to be a face, but he's a heel now, but he used to be a face, he pulls his arm down along with his music going, Moose! Yeah. Moose! And, and the crowd. Ken Shamrock. Against fucking Ken Shamrock. Yeah. And somebody described Ken Shamrock as, looks like he left the WWE has been, and has just didn't stop, hasn't stopped fighting ever since. Yeah. <laughs> just, Don't think he knows anything just, else. Just, just non-stop fighting, just walking up to random people and she just hooks him in the face. I just walk up and go, ah. <laughs> He threw me out after losing to Jericho. <laughs> that was his last fight. When uh, he may have, they may have had a match at Unforgiven, then I don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah. I think he, I think he lost to Jericho on a, a SmackDown and then Ma- fired. Or uh, let go. It, was, it was a first blood match, and then he, he comes out in all his hockey gear to protect himself. <laughs> and uh, he's got Mr. Hughes as his bodyguard. But yeah. three weeks before that, he attacks him in a parking lot. Jericho attacks Shamrock. Yeah. As he's running to his car, he's like, I killed Kenny! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like I'm trying to think who else I'd like to see on uh, on that hot ones because like you've had Kirsten Bell from the good place on it. What about Ted Danson? I was gonna say we could see Ted Danson uh-huh. on it. What about Janet? I seen her <laughs> on Red and Link the other day. Yeah, yeah. I've seen her on Red and Link. Mm-hmm. We yeah. were doing a thing, uh, moral answering the right the right answer for moral questions, and if you fucked up, yeah, it's something gross. Mm. You know. So, like, apparently, you have to tell you the big twist, what we talked about, the big twist at in the season one mm-hmm. of The Good Place, where it's really the bad place they're in. Yeah. And, like, how, like, I mean, I already kind of knew that. And apparently, Ted Danson and Chris Bell were two of the only people that really knew about it. Uh, Ted Danson goes, I'm surprised. Why has it never really came out? Because I told, a, I told quite a few people about it. <laughs> he told Pal, he told his wife about it, he told other actors about it. Uh, He's apparently terrible at keeping secrets. Mm-hmm. Oh, so what was quite weird is the woman who played Tahani, like almost had to actually, she almost tried to convince the producers to not give her the part. Yeah. Because they said we want to cast you, but she's like never acted before. She had never, she had no acting experience before Seriously? this. Before huh. this, and she's almost like oh, maybe I'm not because she was convinced she was not qualified enough for the role. Yeah. Oh, she's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. Like she said, a lot of what she's learned or that and she's learned from Ted Danson over the course of the show. The show. Oh. Which is pretty sweet. Yeah. It's basically what we're saying is anyone from the good place have the fun. <laughs> I was gonna say Terry I know it's an episode with Terry. Like judge. Oh I You all haven't played as a judge? I, I, you've Sean oh, oh no I, I thought we were talking no, I don't No, no Sean. Something is Sean, no. No the judge will go. Oh, the woman. Aye, the woman. Aye, the she's judge will in love with is it Chidi or is it Jason? She's Every time she sees them, uh, I think it's Jason. Maybe Jason. No, wait, she just thinks Jason's a moron. Alright. Anyway, 
as most people seem to feel about Jason. I've almost going to suggest, oh, there's two episodes with Terry Crews, and no, they did an episode with Terry Crews already. They did. I haven't they watched did. it yet, but... Jason Statham. <laughs> Aye. Fucking get the rock on him. Aye, uh, Jason Statham. <laughs> and Brad Pitt on the same episode. There I'd you li- go. I'd really like to see the rock do it, because they had Idris Elba on it, and while he was on it, he was promoting, like, Hobbs and Shaw with the rock in it, and because yeah. Idris Elba played the baddie in it. And like, see, I would like to see like if The Rock was on it, how The Rock would handle it. Barry Horowitz. <laughs> you know, if The Rock was on it, he'd be he'd make a joke about the host would make a joke about smelling what he's cooking and all that. Could you smell <laughs> the wings and all that? Ah, well, yeah, yeah, but Bray, come back to him, like, because some of the questions that they ask, like, for Bray in between the wings to be talking about maybe his creative process for like coming up with characters and yeah, shit like that. Yeah. I think it'd be really cool. Oh, well, it'd be very interesting, very in depth. There is a, a wrestling thing I want to come back to later. What about Marty Jannetty? <laughs> I mean, he's not dead much now. <laughs> he probably he's he's one of the people who has a sign will work for food. So like, mm. he he just appears on hot ones. Like, I just wanted feds, man. He <laughs> 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 looks over the guys taking only Sean Evans only taking one bite of his wings and then try the sauce and he looks over. You gonna eat there? <laughs> <laughs> but there's a wrestling thing I want to come back to later on where. I probably use Bray as an example. But we'll come back to that later because, Paul, we need to talk about Fraser. Oh. We have episode 17 of season 3 High Crane Drifter. High Crane Drifter. All about ethic, uh, Eth- etiquette. Etiquette. I almost said ethics. I received a talking about the good place. Yes, but. Etiquette. Oh, speaking of etiquette and manners, there's something that happened I saw on the bus which made me think a lot of this episode. Oh, go on. There was a man on the bus near the seats where like either like people in wheelchairs or people with prams sit. No. He was sitting just behind them with a the wee bar on the bus, right? And there's that wee pull-down seat, his wee boy was sitting on it, right? He, he boy there, seven his face, he got fucking orange all in his mouth. Oh. Right. Like, he's eating these bloody watches and that. And this elderly woman... Gets on, right? She's pushed, got this, one of the things that you push, she's got the wheels on, I don't know what you call them. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't want to say a Zimmer frame, because I don't think that's exactly what it is. Aye, so a wheel thing. Mm-hmm. She looks, she's a fair age, right? And like, she can't really go that far with it, this, this thing, right, clearly. So she gets in, like, she looks towards where the boy's sitting, because that's kind of designed for... Aye, so, for like inform people. Yeah, or him with a pram or a wheelchair. So like, and she looks around, and then the dad slightly taps the wee boy on the shoulder basically saying to him hey, the woman you're and the wee boy the wee boy doesn't respond that's the guy that's my game goes the wee boy looking like what like, he's only a wee boy by the oh, way yeah, but like, yeah, still yeah. like what like see the woman in your seat and he went no <laughs> and he continued eating his fist and then the wee one put a seat on the other side because there was a few seats on the other side she oh, sat right. down right somebody saw the little there's a seat here but like I was just looking at him like just say, have him say, wee boy say, nah, and then just carry, let him carry on. Just like, you're his sperm, just fucking tell him, fucking move. Aye. I'm fucking telling you, you move. Let those old women sit down. Aye. I'm don't just. You don't half ass your discipline. Like, I know, I know it's, it's, it's not really. I'm probably like it's seen as very cuss to hate a child, but I'm looking at this wee child, he's stupid fucking orange lips because he's fucking, he's got his cuss and he's wee really knows, like, Fucking move you, wee prick. Aye. Uh, what a move you. I know. It's like, 
fucking tell him to move. Uh, you could just lift him. I know. I know, he was that young that the butt dad literally just picked him and moved him out the way and let this old woman sit down. That's what I would have done. And I have been very, like, obviously, I haven't on the way up here, so it's still very fresh in my mind. And I remember just watching that and, like, like this was annoying. Is this annoying me more than it should, or am I right to be annoyed at this? No, you're right. No. Etiquette. Poor, poor I mean, etiquette. It's much like my annoyance on buses. What's that? When people don't have the sense to use a seat properly, in my opinion. When you get on a bus and everybody is sitting single, like one to a seat, mm-hmm. you know, and people get on and, you know, share out the windy seats, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? No, everybody can have one. Yeah. Why is it every time when I get on a bus, I don't get one? <laughs> I don't even think that's about etiquette. I think that's me just having a rant about no, never having a windy seat on a bus. I remember when I used to get the bus to school already. Like I remember the buses would get really full in mm. the morning, right? But like there'd be one times where people would sit in a seat right near the windy, and there'd be the seat next to them. But for some reason, people wouldn't sit at the seats. That's what I mean. Yeah, like that's some people I mean. wouldn't sit there because like, oh, I didn't get the windy seats on those. Like there are some seats. At least if some of you move. You will clear a bit of space because you're making the bus seem more crowded than it is. Mm. And you're causing people to feel uncomfortable. So just fucking sit the fuck down. At least you've got one. Aye. I hate it and all. Like, you know when you when you get on a bus, mm-hmm. and this is an etiquette thing, in my opinion, right? Mm-hmm. If I like, if I'm sitting on a on a seat and I'm sitting in a windy seat and there's a seat spare next to me, right? Yeah. I, I never go on a bus and put my bag on a seat or nothing. Yeah, that's, that's and be rude. rude. Yeah. Everything that I don't need to have in my own, I put at my feet, mm-hmm. right? But if I'm sitting there on a bus and I'm reading the Metro or something, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of the time I try and fold it so I'm not sitting there with two pages wide open paper, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't like to sit there like, oh, this is my space. Yeah. I fold the paper and then I fold it again and just read the bit I'm reading, mm-hmm. you know? But if you're sitting there... And then someday, and it's usually, right, and I don't mean to paint them with the same tubby brush, <laughs> you know, but it's usually always some fat bastard, mm-hmm. right? And they get on the bus, and they don't sit down next to you. Mm-hmm. They throw themselves down next to you, mm-hmm. and clatter you with a fat ass, and clatter you with a bag, and shoulder barge and all this carry on, and footer in their seat, and you're like, what, you never, did you not learn how to sit down correctly? You no. can't. I'd pop your fat skull for you, you prick. Because <laughs> you're sitting there and you're being polite, you're keeping your elbows in, mm-hmm. but then they fucking squash you in and you're sitting there. And a lot of the time, I just get to the point where I'm like, oh, I can't even read my fucking paper like this. I'm trying to be civil. polite and civil, <laughs> but then you just, a lot of the time, I just go, Fucking paper down there, and I'm forced to look at the fucking phone again, which I, I don't like then when I'm on the bus. Like, well, the thing on a train, everybody wants the table seat with a four, like, thing, mm. even if it's just you. And I like that because I need to get the train quite often to uni. Mm. My uni's in there. So I like to get into but like, most of the time I get the, the, the table seat because sometimes if I'm going down early in the morning, I'll bring food with me rather than eating something at home. I'll bring Aye, food with eat me. On the, on the eat, go. Eat, eat on the train. So I'll have that bag, so I need the table to put my food on. Oh, yeah. Occasionally if I'm like coming home, I might be using, writing something yeah, on my you notepad. Yeah, bit of work or I something. for the time and all that. Maybe have my tablet and I'll set the tablet on part of the table to listen to some podcasts that I've got. Oh, yeah. So like, I've, so I need that for some space, right? 
like one of the things where like four tables, like here's some people will sit so I'll try and leave space for the table. You'll try and be polite. Right, but the thing like if you've got a four table like don't be like I'm one of the people even if I recognize I do have the bag sitting on the seat next to me, there's at least two other seats Aye. across from you. So at least you're leaving some space for people. But I think I think we've rambled when we started think, the episode. I know. But to, before we do start, I must say that I must say that I I put a post there. I didn't get as much reaction to it as I as I thought I would. Oh, one. Yeah, I did get one, but like I put a thing a post on the one of the future fan groups about my thoughts mm. on my, my issues. Why I gave a sons in the middle to <laughs> high, to award to the wise guy last week. Yeah, but like. And somebody like pointed out, like I talked about how Miles just seemed weak after, especially after that the last time I saw Maris episode where it seemed like he's had enough, he's he's done yeah. with, and then he just feel like he was really regressing, and that was one of my issues. And like somebody pointed out, well, he has this issue even with some hell, and even as late as like he's thing when he's with Daphne as well, because he had that that thing where she killed, she allegedly killed her her boyfriend, yeah, and that was in like way late in the season. Like season nine or ten, even. So he's with. So he's with Daphne by this point. It's eleven. No, I don't think it's when she when she killed her boyfriend. No, I don't think it was because Daphne gets pregnant in season eleven when she's not pregnant during this. I know, but it's early in season eleven. I'm sure it is. I'm, I'm sure it's at least. Season, I think it's sure the latest it is is season ten. But mm-hmm. the whole point of it is, is yeah, yeah. it's one of the last seasons. He's with, finally with Daphne and all that, and yet somehow Maris. Has this thing over him. Right, he's finally tied down to that weirdo. Like, but this whole thing where this whole thing has been leading to him with Daphne, but still Manus has some control over him because he, he chooses to meet her and he doesn't tell Daphne about it even when he was, when he met her when he was male, he didn't tell her about it. Like, Which is which is really confusing though, but I, I, it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that basically in the last couple of seasons the writers technically turned Daphne into Manus. They make her a pushy, overbearing, opinionated, squeaky bitch. Never said Maris is opinionated. <laughs> Maris is opinionated. I'll put that's my main issue with that argument. But, like, in some. Well, let, let's put it a simple way Maris is a bitch. They make Daphne a bitch. Hey, what's this? Something else I was going to say, like. So it's a kind of a common like thing that happens where males, like, because I think he even says in the, the Moondance episode, he said, You have a lot of girlfriends. Oh, let's look back. There's Maris, and he just he pauses. <laughs> so I think it's because he's been with very few people, and one of the first ones he was properly with was Maris. So yeah. I think you can kind of see why she has that thing over him. Yeah. In that sense. Uh, like I know some people aren't as keen on Mel, but this person, woman who commented on the on the post, like, even she said, like even I sided with even she sided with Mel. Yeah. When when he lied to her about meeting Maris. I just love how Fraser is the one that accidentally blurts it out as well. Because, mm. like, we're talking about the prisons, remember? Because he's... Oh, because he lies that he was out buying a prison. He goes, yes, the prison's and the future, because Maris is in the past. Mm. And there's that moment of Fra- of Niles looking at Fraser like, you fucking bastard. Idiot. You fucking stuck me right in it, haven't you? Uh, thanks, dumbass. <laughs> and then he just... Bl- and then in revenge, he, he tells everybody who's not invited to his party, like, What's- Fraser's hosting a party later. I'm not going to lie, Doc. This hurts. <laughs> ah, Kenny. <laughs> anyway, let's not. This is my last little man. Oh, Gil, who are you kidding? <laughs> no one, Gil. No one. That's what I tell you, put on. Oh, you've seen my program. No, oh, I mean, coming just coming in the door. door. 
But none of this has anything to do with this actual episode uh, that we're going to be covering. Uh, this is High Crane Drifter. And it begins after the last two episodes. Yeah, just quickly. I'm the last of the Mohicans. <laughs> oh, that explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember the clip from that same episode. The uh, one of the last Mohicans on where Ross comes in. I'm Elf, Missouri of Elf. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the High Crane Drifter. But which begins in the booth. And after the last two episodes, it's a bit weird to see an episode in the booth because yeah. both episodes started in the home. Well, you're so used to being in the home. Yes, yes, we do. Home. But <laughs> no, he's not in the booth. Razor. Because he's cut, opens and Roz is in there, basically stalling for time because Razor's running late. Yep. It's coming up on 207 and the Dr. Fraser Crane show. Oh. <laughs> uh, Dr. Crane will be running, is running late, we apologise. And it just, it's an, there's all these awkward pauses it's like, it's cloudy coming, it should be. 27 degrees coming up on 208. Right about now. Why don't we just take a call? Hello, Lydia. What's your problem? I already told you. Yeah, that's when I was a call screener. Now I'm the host. Uh, Lydia, played by Joan Allen, who played Pamela Landy in The Bourne Supremacy and The Bourne Ultimatum. But she also played Dollar Higgs' girlfriend in the original version of, of Manhunter. Before it made, we made into Red Dragon. Thank you. That that is more appropriate in my mind for me uh, than the other one. I'm more I know more so from the Bourne films. Uh-huh. I enjoyed at least at least the original the first three. That is. Well, I know Manhunter with Tom Noonan. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's what she was in. That's what I know of. I've not that she was in. But anyway, she's a, like she said this problem with unseen obscene phone calls. <laughs> yeah. and, and then and she's explaining this Fraser is he, running like a mad fiend. Aye. Running, to get in the office. Running, you see him running past the glasses and Roy's meat. He's like, yes, that can be upsetting. Luckily, for Dr. Fraser Crane here, and he'll, you know, the right things to say. He sits just, down and pants into the damn mic. Like, he's, he's so <laughs> aggressive. <like, laughs> <laughs> and she's like, oh, shit. And like, he's like, it always seems to be like, they know the exact right thing to do to annoy the caller. Sometimes you're like, the thing where he falls asleep while the woman's describing her insomnia. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What? What? I'm listening. <laughs> oh, maybe, why don't you sleep it off? That's supposed to be some sort of joke. Of insomniacs. <laughs> and on this occasion, he's out of breath and he's panting while this woman's like, I'm one of it, of it obscene phone, phone calls. calls. Like, ah, and she hangs up like, I'll be back after this. What was that about? <laughs> Doesn't matter. Where were you? And he's like, somebody parked in his spot. So, so he had park, to park like two blocks away. Six blocks away from, the, blocks away from the studio. Like, look at my love. Or, look at my, look at my clothes. <laughs> my Ran so far, my tweets started almost started sparking. I almost caught on fire. <laughs> when I cut to news break, I'm gonna leave a you a word on his windshield. Dear discourteous driver. Whoa! I don't have to go that far. <laughs> Why are you gonna leave? What are you gonna leave a note for? What this is the time where you go down, you take the air out of his tires. Yeah. But he's just like he doesn't want you to do that. He doesn't want you to, to that kind of level. Although I was very tempted last night. I went to see my green valley. Apparently, it was set for her two elderly women who, with a rival, each new actor went, Oh, look at him there. He's so young. He's dead, you know. Oh, look at him there. He looks so young. He's, He's dead, dead, you now. know. He's dead now, you know. <laughs> it's like uh, the Ben Still game. Robot, why now? <laughs> <laughs> this is the one with so and so. No, that was a, that was a search. Of, uh, she drowned, you know. And this, no, real life. life. <laughs> Every bloody week. Yeah, some of us are trying to watch a picture. I will so are we. Hey, butter. 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 All right. 
Patrice, if I put butter on these, it's not like me. <laughs> you know fine well I don't take butter. This is getting fuck all with David Fraser. I know. It's got everything to do with... Me butter. Butter. Alright. Have, have you had any key incidents, any noteworthy incidents with people in maybe theatre? Because I hear a lot of people talk about things yes. where people are very rigid. Yes, I have. Mm-hmm. You know what I have? See, when I go to watch a fucking film mm-hmm. and some bitch brings her brood of squawking children in and they don't sit down and they make noise and they play with phones, mm-hmm. I want to go and hit them all violently. Because, you know, when I go to the cinema and I pay fucking, what is it, 11 quid nowadays for a fucking cinema ticket? Something like that. When I pay that to go watch a movie, do you know what I want to do? I want to watch the fucking movie. That's why a lot of the time when I go to the cinema, <laughs> I go early in the day. When the sad people go to the movie theatres that have nothing better to do. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying I'm one of these people. Or I you, just like the fact that they're quiet. Or you wait a week or so when most people have, most people who want to see it have already been out to see it. And you can uh, get peace. Aye, and you get peace. Unless, obviously, there's some, you have these people who want to see it more than once, yeah. but you know. But even them, they're usually quiet because they love the movie. Yeah, because they know what's they know what's coming. Yeah, I'm I'm particularly looking forward to seeing this Joker one. Oh yeah, I want to go see that. That comes out next Friday. Is it the third or the fourth? It comes out on the fourth, same day, fourth. same day as Matt Doon's uh, debut on Fox. Yeah, that's pretty good. And then on the 18th, you've got Zombieland two coming out. Zombieland double set. Sweet, I love the first one. I, I love the all the trailer. They did this like Academy. Because all of them have, well, Emma Stone's won that kind of award, but the other three have been nominated at some point. Yeah. So it, so it shows them with a kind of award nominee, this person, and it just shows a scene where they run over a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> you, like, they lure you in and then, like, <laughs> written by the same guys who wrote Deadpool. Yeah. So you, oh. can t- you can tell the kind of humour it's going to be. I ain't seen Deadpool. It's cool. Cool. You should watch it. I will. You definitely should. Should I be high? You could or be. Will it want help? To. I wouldn't know. Because I see it over, but I haven't seen it high, so I couldn't tell the difference. If you want to, then on you go. Okay. <laughs> I will. But anyway, back to back to Fraser. Yes. Oh, my green, oh, that's what we were doing. <laughs> my green but He's dead, you know. <laughs> like, so he's talking about that, and he's like, you're on now, he's back to school, and like, I'm sorry for my... He apologises for being late. And he says... Uh, Nothing more rude than making people wait. Now we have Brenda. Hello, Brenda. Doctor, I'm having a problem with my sister. She... Oh, hold on, I'm getting another call. <laughs> and he gets put on hold like, oh, he tells me I'm going to be siding with Brenda's sister sure. in this one. And Fraser goes to the video store. And I am very... I've never been on Fraser's side more so than in this scene here. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But he holds the door open as this woman's coming, leaving, and she leaves. She doesn't say thank you. I was going to mention this earlier when we were talking about the people on the bus, but I thought, no, I'll mention this when, 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 when it comes relevant to the Frasier episode, because God knows nothing else we talk about is. Yeah. But like, this is etiquette 101 here. Someone holds the door open for you, you, you say it. thank you. Even if you don't have to say thank you, you just nod politely. Yeah. I say acknowledgement of thank you for... I actually find a polite nod. <laughs> Personally, I find that better. It says a lot more than just... It says a lot more than just going thank you, because thank you is just your standard. But if you someone holds the door and you go, hmm, thank you. Don't, don't go, hmm, <laughs> you hold the door, hmm. 
Especially don't do make that kind of face when you're doing it. If you're the one holding the door, like, as if they, hmm, yes, I'm holding the door. I am better than you because I choose to hold the door. I am holding the door. I have better life standards than you. <laughs> hmm. I have extra few seconds to waste holding this door for you. Yes. I have nothing to do with my day. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that, that, that's common courtesy, people. Say thank you, or at least pl- not politely, someone will Or at the very you. least, if we, don't, if we don't say thank you, go, hmm. Does it work, though? How you were in a situation, I don't think I've ever had this situation, so I don't know how I'll deal with it. Like, you hold the door open, some, like, someone holds the door open for you, and you nod politely or you say thank you. I usually say ta. But they, but they, but it's very rare that the person who's holding the door doesn't say anything back. I have to say, like, of course I'd, of course I've hold the, held the door open. See, if, if I'm holding the door open and someone says thanks, I usually give a polite nod, I go, no trouble. <laughs> I go. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, no problem, man. It's cool. It's cool, bro. Yeah, Fraser goes up to the counter. Remember, we were talking about Fraser. Yeah. But as he opens the door and the woman, he goes, she doesn't say anything. She goes, "You're welcome." <laughs> Which I think he's justified to do in that situation. Yes. He goes up to the counter and before you can like fully get out what he's requesting. That one. Aye. That one. What one? Annoys the hell out of me what when he get? gets to the counter and the fucking answers the phone. Aye. I would have took the phone off him and hit him with it. Well, he deals with that in a minute, but like he's complaining to the guy uh, in Cubine, like, Jada, come all the way down here and somebody at home is getting better service than you. And then the guy nods, like, it's a feel like, I get you, but then the guy, new like, cashier comes available and goes, I'm the next customer, and that guy rushes over there. <laughs> and then he, the guy comes off the phone he, to talk to his colleague about because someone's also asking for a film and goes, do we have the invisible man? He's like, right here. <laughs> Yeah, we have it, and then he goes to talk, start talking again, and then Fraser just grabs the phone like, "No, I've come all the way down here. Mm. I'm looking for my green valley." No, how green? How green is your valley? Yeah. Why didn't you tell me that before? I've said that. I've said my green valley earlier. I think I'm, I'm not used to hearing that in the episode. Oh. I don't think I re- it registered as <laughs> such. How green is my valley? How green is my valley, or was my valley, or some shit? Like, like the guy seems confused, like. Is a, is a lovely tale in a small town in Wales. Wales. It's a classic. It won five Academy Awards. Then there's a shot in the dark. Aren't you checking our classic section? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, look, and then he sees this woman. Picking up the only copy. Ah, he's like, are you taking that? Yeah, I heard it was great. You heard look that from me. You were behind me in the queue. <laughs> and then she just, like, she just shrugs them off and goes to the thing, up Little to the counter, like, and Peter says to the guy, do you have any other copies? Yeah, across the road in our How green, green is my valley section. And he just looks at like angrily like, oh, you. Yeah, I, as you would. So then we go back to the home where Martin is watching, I'm assuming one of those how, world's funniest home videos or something yeah. like that. We had, we had our version of that over here used to be You've Been Framed. Yeah. Is that still even going anymore? I don't know. It might be, but yeah. I've got to the point where I don't care. Because a lot of the videos are the same shit. It's either some stupid animal falling down and what running into something, or it's some stupid old fat person falling down and running into something, mm-hmm. or an old fat woman dancing on a table at a wedding and falling down, or it's some stupid kid falling down and banging into something. So, they, so there's only so many times you can go, ha ha, look at that silly kid. <laughs> Someone fell over. Oh, some fat woman fell through a table. I wonder why that happened. <laughs> Maybe it was her arse. <laughs> and the fact that she had about fucking 
don't know, six or seven ciders in it or something. <laughs> She's a fat old alky bitch. Hey, I've had six or seven ciders I've never once felt the need to get up on a table. Yeah. Wait, anyway, Martin's laughing, he's heated off a bit, and Daphne's like, I don't get the point of this show. Like, how? See, people film themselves doing embarrassing things. They put funny sound effects over and people just laugh at them. And Martin just laughs at and like, and Peter comes in and he wants to watch his, his film. He said, I went to three dad, I went to three video stores to find this. May I please use the TV? He's like, sure. How many times can you watch a dog get hit by a revolving door? Depends on the dog. <laughs> and then he'd be delivering away. Yeah. And then he puts on he goes to put the teeth in and he hears music, very yeah. loud music on the button. Very very, very, very loud guitar music. It's like well, what the hell is that? The walls are shaking, the windows are vibrating, and I'm talking to no one. <laughs> <laughs> and then that becomes like, oh, that's our new neighbour at it again. And then uh, Martin goes, I'm going to say that. that. How can you possibly sleep through this? There's a good line that goes up, I think. He's like, is it? Yeah, it's, it's, that's his own music he's listening oh, to. Oh, we're going to get that in the yeah. thing. Like, I, I once fell asleep in, this, in some foxhole in Korea. I woke up, the ceasefire was over, and I'm the only one who didn't know about it. <laughs> Talk about having an egg on your face. And then HR phones up, phones up to him, he goes, I do connect it to the man in the penthouse suite. The pe- he's in the penthouse. Like, well, how do I describe him? He had long hair, tattoos, and oh yes, he's in the penthouse! And then the music stopped briefly, and like, oh, like, has the whole world gone mad? And he, he goes in the random one of my favorite ones, and he goes, people of Seattle, listen to me. We are not Neanderthals, we are not barbarians, and we are not French. And what is it Daphne says to us? Like, but he's just signed a record deal for three million dollars. Like, like, I quite like, I like it. And you, we, we Brits have always been on the cutting edge of music. Yeah. So it's his own, it's his own music he's listening to. Freddy, Freddy Chainsaw. Chainsaw? The Newport Chainsaws? <laughs> How does a man like him afford a penthouse? His new album just made three million dollars. Let me just add that to my list of reasons, reasons to, to die. die. <laughs> it's like these young, well, young fellows who read the flat below me. Every day they were playing the same song. Flesh is burning. Flesh is burning. I'm going to have that tune in my head now. <laughs> and then Peter goes, I'm going to wait all day to watch this movie. He sits in, he's got a wee glass to share. Yeah. Sits in, and then fucking... He comes on again. Comes on again, like, God damn it. He goes, he gets in and goes, where's the chainsaw? This is your neighbour, Dr. Fraser King. And he's more, do you have any idea how loud you're being? Ah. He's quite quaint. And then he goes, that I did, and the guy starts playing even louder, like, I'm going out. And they're like, what? I think I'm going out. What? And then the music salt people goes, and he's like, I'm going out. And then Martin goes, hey, keep it down out there, will you? I'm trying to have a nap. To which Fraser looks like, like sick. I don't know. Like, and then him and Niles in a very busy cafe in Rivosa and mm. drawing about people being rude and there, like, and Niles, I know how you feel. Find a dent in my Mercedes. On the Mercedes riff or something like that. Ding in my Mercedes. Yeah. Was there any? Oh, I guess. No notes. Nope. <laughs> you take it into the ship. They repaired and the original shop did not have any luxury cars left. It's something called a hunchback. I believe that would be called a hatchback now. <laughs> Bright red and some weird door at the back of the car. That would be the hatchback. Oh, what a novelty. Name it after its, it's worst feature. feature. I guess it was between hatchback and what's that smell? <laughs> <laughs> 
and they keep uh, finding tries to get as soon as the table runs out they'll go running for it like well it's quickly a table the biscotti now leave it <laughs> so I think like, they twice they try and find one don't get it and then finally they see a couple getting up well they see them getting up checked so they assume they just kind of stand and they're like we're not, we're not hovering just, there's no other place to stand but they politely wait they try, as, you, as you would do you politely wait for them to get up they make themselves not look like bloody vultures circling some dickhole I, you can see them lurking in the background and then as soon as they leave they're being cursed like thank you and then they turn around and see this guy slinking to the seat like excuse me we were waiting. You've seen us waiting. Like, he's like, well, you snooze, you lose. He's like, we, you saw us being, we were uh, courtesy letting those other people go. And then you stole our seat. Well, you won't make that mistake again. And he's like, sir, yeah. have you, ha, what is it? You're not a very nice man, are you? Like, you have no manners. And then the guy just rips a guy, piss and goes. just like, ignores him, doesn't he? And puts the pinky up. Aye. Takes the piss and he's like, sir, when you act discourteous towards me, you make, you make it time for me to act discourteous towards you. Uh, yeah, sure, to another, and then uh, and that person to another, and another. Quite a vicious cycle. Yeah. And then the guy, is, basically, he's not giving them the time, he's not even looking at him and goes, What do you need, sir? Is that an adjective <laughs> lesson? And he picks him up and throws him out. <laughs> and he's like, Sit down, Niles. My uh, brother will have a decaf. I know as much as I throw his Uncle Phil and Jazzy Jeff back in the uh, He tosses him ah! out of the cafe. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, sit down, Niles. <laughs> then he's like, my brother will have a decaf. I like, all the look on Fraser's, I'm sorry, Niles' face, just to feel it. Sit down, Niles. He's just like, <laughs> and he's, he moves, Fraser's a couple of them when the waiter comes over, my brother will have a decaf. Yeah. And Fraser kind of looks a bit angry there, he realizes, like, well, maybe I almost lost my cool there. <laughs> but then, goes back to the home the next day, and Daphne comes in with her washing basket, and she's singing, fish is burning. <laughs> <laughs> And then Martin comes out of the kitchen. Yeah. And then Martin comes out of the kitchen and goes, I singing fish is burning. Mm. Hey. And then Fraser comes in and goes, Hey, Fraser, how was your day yesterday? Yeah. Like, what did I say? Nothing. Like, so how you were? How's work? How's your badass self? <laughs> <laughs> and Martin's particularly proud of uh, He's like, You made the Seattle Today call. And I thought like that. So there's some news people calling talking about it. Yeah. And he's thinking how proud he is. I'm like, like, Dr. Crane finished the, the miscreant mm-hmm. like stating all you need is an etiquette lesson so you even got your own catchphrase I think he says that later on but like he comes yeah. in and uh, he comes in he says it's like, this guy probably thinks this guy's a wee cream puff cupcake a wimp that I'm sorry I'm so proud <laughs> of you yeah. and he opens the door and now he comes in and goes ah isn't a man who floats like a limitarian and stings like a hypodermian <laughs> I don't know what any of those words mean. No. But I'm sure they're all good. Aye. You know, he's being sarcastic, basically. Basically, he's taking the piss out of Major for basically resorting to physical violence before basically revealing, like, that he's basically he's really doing it because he's jealous. Yeah. And then that's when Martin... As Niles tends to be, because he never has the gumption to do those kinds of things. And then, uh, Martin does the bit where you mentioned, he reads the thing that, with a, all you need is an etiquette lesson. Like, see, you even got your own catchphrase. And he's like, he's in he, Fraser doesn't like the idea of like, he goes, oh yes, oh yes, Fraser, Emily Hurst across with Dirty Harry. <laughs> and then Daphne goes in and goes, oh, I admire your gumption, Dr. Crane. Admire me, inspire me to take up, stand up for myself. She's just like, somebody down the washing machine, you've been taking my wet clothes, just leave them in a pile on the floor. So what I did, I took my new red panties and I put them in with all these whites. <laughs> and then look on the other side, he's like, wow. Well, a story, Daphne. I, I really wish I would have been there. 
Yeah. Let me make a hero's back. It's like, no, and like, I shouldn't have stepped to yeah, that level. He starts doing Fraser's typical thing and feeling guilty about acting mm-hmm. tough. tough uh... And then obviously the guy starts again upstairs with the music and he phones and he goes, Dr. Chainsaw, this is your neighbor. Dr. Fraser's great. And the music stops. And then he, yeah, like, he, he gets this look on his face and he's like, go ahead, Daphne, make, make my, my eggs. eggs. <laughs> <laughs> he spins the phone. He's like, yeah, I'm bad. Yeah. I'm good. And then he's coming through the hallways of the radio station and people are either pretending to be scared of him or they're like shaking his hand and high-fiving him. And he goes, I really wish people would stop making a fuss. Well, maybe you stop walking up and down the corridor. (laughs) (laughs) And then he he comes in and people keep messaging, keep phoning in about times that they've basically taken matters into their hands. Yeah, like, yeah, so I sent him a thousand scorpions in the mail. (laughs) I sent him a FedEx box with a hundred scorpions in it. That was, uh, that was by Eric Idle. Yeah, yeah. Also, there was a guy, first guy came in talking about he took his, his neighbour's windblower or something like that. Yeah. It was, uh, I can't remember his name, but he, he was in Law and Order as something Briscoe. Jerry Orbach, Aye. who was in Law and Order as Detective Lenny Briscoe. Yes. He was also, if you know, you ever seen Beauty and the Beast? No. Ah, he was the candlestick. He was Lumiere. That's it. Yeah. Huh. He was also the dad in Dirty Dancing. Hmm. Of of baby, you yes. know, no one puts baby in the corner, <laughs> you know. But Jerry Orbach, who passed in two thousand and four, I believe. See, this is why I knew mentioning that he was in this episode would get a particular reaction of people. Like, oh, I'm pretty sure he was in Law and Order, and yeah. then I love uh, Law and immediately Order. Immediately, you're <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, I remember you, your fond you memories know, of Law and Order. Do you know that although I believe the best detective duo on Law and Order was Detective Briscoe and Detective Logan? They only were partners for three seasons. Huh. Because, see, Briscoe came into it as Detective Lenny Briscoe in season three, mm-hmm. right? After Detective Phil Soretta mm-hmm. went and got shot. Mm-hmm. He was played by Paul Sorvino. Huh. But he got shot, not killed shot, but unable to walk the beat shot. So, Briscoe comes in. They're, t- they're a, a team until season five mm-hmm. when... A homophobic guy gets off on a crime, acts like a smug bastard about it. So Logan, who is although is not a homosexual gentleman himself, mm. is a very principled Irish Catholic guy, yeah. you know what I mean? Takes umbrage on this guy acting smug about it, so he beats the piss out of him. He gave him an etiquette lesson. <laughs> yeah, he gave him an etiquette lesson and was transferred. Yes. <laughs> you know. But no, law and order is the shit. I remember, like, the period I was watching it, I don't think it was when he was around it. I remember Detective Green, I believe is his name. He was played by Jesse L. Martin, yeah, the yeah. African-American actor. I know him. Yeah. I mainly know him now as Joe West in the TV show Flash. Yeah. He plays a cop in that as well. And he's also the adopted dad or of uh, the Flash, because he's Flash. His dad gets framed. Flash's dad gets framed for his mum's murder. Oh. And, so, and obviously, he was... He's also, he goes up and becomes falls in love with uh, his car is like Joe West's daughter, and also and also they were friends as kids. So he takes the Flash in and basically becomes his father figure. Yeah. So basically, he's obviously there working with him, and also offers some advice as his kid's dad figure. That's pretty so good. He's very good in that like that. And also, yeah. Uh, right, also the Flash's actual dad in the show was played by the guy who played him back in the nineties. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. That is cool. Also, Mark Hamill popped up in two episodes of the show. Mark Hamill. Yes. 
Nerds. <laughs> but Alf, Mark Hamill, <laughs> and many more. <laughs> but with two robots from Battlestar Galactica versus the gay <laughs> robots from Star Wars. Oh, oh. Save me, R2. Oh, you useless little tramp. <laughs> ring. I hate you. I hate you. Wing, wing, that's the highest wing. Ah. With a wing, wing, wing. That's, that's not, not how you wing. wing. Ah. Gah! <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh. All the Simpsons in. <laughs> this guy has actually been in outer space. <laughs> This is one small step to fire in your ass. <laughs> anyway. But... Danger, danger, Bart Simpson. <laughs> nah. Oh, we've gone way off track. Yes, we have. Anyway, <laughs> the head of Briscoe was in the ship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We play a guy with a guy in it. He's born in Archangel voices. A guy who uh, sends a new for 100 scorpions and a FedEx box. Just because I, I know. There's no excuse to... Set fire to someone's lawn. But she started it. No, like, so what you did was fine? Like, no. No, like, I was, no. I was, I was wrong. I was completely wrong. And then he invites the guy on, on air, he invites the guy who he wrong, who he threw at the cafe to meet him yeah, at the apologize. cafe again, and he apologised to him. And then... The guy doesn't even shit he'll move, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely, where he meets the guy, like, he comes in the coffee house and people are, are, are applauding him and all that. Like, yeah, and he's like... And the guy comes in and goes... Are you? Why did you just invite me in here taking another shot at me? And then, which people cheer the idea of? Yeah, but he's like, no, no, I'm here to make amends, apologize. Mm -hmm. It was completely my fault. And yeah. he's like, so you're sticking with that. That's completely your fault. And he's like, yes. But he's like, you all heard him say you that. You all right? heard him say it, right? And he's yeah. like, well, here you're getting served with a notice. You're I'm suing. suing you. And you've got all these witnesses who heard you admit you're wrong. Goes, I could have before they does that. Goes, I, I, I could make excuses that these are stressful times we live in, and I was at the end of my tether. But no. I, I should never make excuses. I was 100% wrong. And then he, I had no excuse. And then he hands him the, the, the tether. He's like, but these, these are stressful times we live in. I was barely the, touched you. I was at the end of my tether. <laughs> and then he got like, tough. Like, like, raise your... And now he's sitting there Razor, don't mess with this. Like, what do you expect from a chicken? chicken. You talking to me? Oh, I'm sorry. Let me use language on him. Hey, you... And he's like, Niles, what are you doing? Hey, Razor, don't... It's your time with this mouthy knuckle dragon troglodyte. Right. And then the guy, the guy comes in and points at him. The troglodyte who's probably the only man in existence who suffers from penis envy. So the guy comes in and points at him. You're like, listen, you and me. And then Niles throws himself like, backwards through uh, the table. It's like Sean Michael's sale in it at SummerSlam 2005. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, uh, Niles, Niles, Niles. And then he goes to the imagery. He's like, countersuit. Ah, nobody, nobody move him. Ah, nobody... Uh, Oh, this man, and he's like, I barely touched him. So you admit that you admit you touched him. Everyone heard it. And then the guy grees up and runs out. He's like, we're good, don't worry, Niles. We're going to get you the best the minutes. Money, that's man's money can buy. No, this is brilliant. You even have a tear in your eye. I laid it on a fork. <laughs> <laughs> and then I believe that's it. And it goes into the credits where Daffy's uh, there with our uh, our Daffy's wash with her wash basket, and two guys who have been playing tennis or something get in. One with a one with a nice pristine white, white tennis yeah. uniform and one with slightly pink. Quite very pink. And uh, the rogues are like, oh, no, Carrie's not seeing them, but she's trying not to laugh. Yeah. And then... We get out of the lift and she picks her red panties out of her wash basket and she's like, yeah. And I'm like, it was just proud of how proud she is of herself. Yeah, she's like, ha ha, I used my pants. <laughs> <laughs> so 
how would you rate this one, Scott? Oh, this is a definite Solid thumbs up. Thumbs up, yeah. I'm even tempted to possibly give it a double thumbs up. Possibly. Maybe a double. I'll go with Fuck you on it. that one. I'll back you on that one. Yeah, that's it's a, a solid this, episode. This is a double thumbs up. Yeah. How long has it been since we a gave it? A little while. A little while since we both gave a double thumbs up on an episode. I may have given the last Christmas episode we did a, a double thumbs up. I think up. you did. Because for did. me, the Fraser Grinch is the best of the Christmas episodes and I'll stand by it. I definitely gave it a thumbs up. I don't think I gave it a double though. Yeah, I think but... it's been quite a while since we both gave a double thumbs up. Yeah. And despite our review going off into several tangents, I we, think we did not bad. You veered off, but you, as long as you get back on the main path. We, we're, we've got enough elastic, you know, we can get back. You uh-huh. know, we'd spring out back. <laughs> but no, that was, that was very good. a good review, a fun review, and I would definitely agree with you on a double thumbs up. Because, like, I remember, I'm trying to think the last time I did it, because I don't remember... Any particular episode in season two that we may have given a double? No, I'd have, to, I'd have to listen back to what I've used, but I need to speak to David Hyde Pierce's uh, slapstick ability <laughs> yeah. in this, you know, because of the, the physical comedy. <laughs> because I don't think you see a lot of that in Frasier, it's <laughs> a lot of like intellectual comedy, yeah. like funny one liners, blah blah blah. <laughs> but when you actually see them do like slapstick physical comedy, you've got that. Mm-hmm. And you've got the like, example when he accidentally sets Fraser's living room on fire, basically. Yeah. <laughs> you like, know, anything physical comedy is mostly reserved for like Kelsey Grammer. He's when he when he raises his voice but over the top of his facial expressions. Like, yeah, he's like ah. But but Reynolds is always the more reserved one, except in this situation yeah, yeah. that one you mentioned earlier. But no, when we when we let when we kind of take the reins off, yeah, Hyde Pierce, he is very funny. Mm-hmm. You know, funny. it's a very Fraser centered episode, but. Niles, every spot Niles has in it, mm-hmm. he's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> he's very funny. Mm-hmm. And even Daphne with her flesh is burning. I'll have that stuck in my head and now so will you. <laughs> All of you listening will then have that in your head. Flesh is burning. Me, me, just sit, me just sitting on the number two, just out loud singing. Flesh is burning. Leave that as the last song. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have a better idea for the song. Is it your turn? Yes. Ah. You had, she had Hole by Plump last week. And plump by hole. Or was it plump by hole or hole by plump? It was plump by hole, not hole by plump. (laughs) One of the the two, I can't remember. Well done. Good (laughs) (laughs) old. Hole by plump. (laughs) Never heard of the band plump. (laughs) Well, I've never heard of hole either. We love you, Wisconsin. We are plump. Uh, Rock and roll! Rock and roll with hole. We really are a couple of funny dudes. Uh, At least I fucking hope so. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, then I'm thinking of, like, before we, we wrap up. Yeah. Uh, there was a tweet sent out, <laughs> some guy sent out last, the other night. About WWE and about AEW, and clearly this guy's a, a more of a leaning towards being a fan of AEW, and that's fair enough. Yeah. Like, one of those things where, like, Cody commented on it, kind of supporting the guy, which made Cody come out, come out as a bit of a, look like a bit of a mark. Yeah. I don't like saying that word, obviously. But, like, and sometimes we, we AEW keeps taking shots at whether they're trying to rile people up or not. You mean or, like or whether they believe they're in the statement and they're just using or they're just using it for publicity. Sort of cheap heat. Right, because like or w- cheap like well, Kenny Omega said, like if you tune in to AEW, you'll see real stars, not developmental guys. Mm. Doing the look which because 
basically sends like out to Adam Cole who are in Bullet Club alongside those guys and all that and get all the guys that travel were as well travelled as them before then. And like it sounds like the same kind of silly carry on that WCW tried to do back in the day. Or like do uh, Buck said that people were probably tired of NXT after a few years. Mm. Which I don't think is the case. No, I've watched it a few well, I've watched the highlights, it's it's good from what I've seen. Yeah. But like it's one of the things that like some guy sent this tweet out and listen, we'll have a quick pause. We'll we'll throw in some we'll throw in some light music in between as I try to find this this tweet. Alison, I could try to explain my behaviour by saying that these are stressful times we live in, that I had reached the end of my tether, but I won't do that, because, you see, I was 100% wrong. I had absolutely no right to touch you, and I accept full responsibility. Oh, I'm glad to hear you say that. And I hope you all heard that, too. So then you, you accept my apology. No, I'm suing you. And I've got a lot of witnesses that just heard you admit you were wrong. But, but, but these are stressful times we live in. I'd reached the end of my tether. <laughs> Tough. I'm nailing you for assault. But I hardly touched you. Oh, Fraser, you're not surprised he's hiding behind lawyers. What other behavior would you expect from a chicken? <laughs> what did you say? I was speaking to my brother, but to put it in language you can understand. <laughs> Niles! Your brother's making trouble here. What are you going to do? Flap me with one of your big fluffy wings? I'll stop it. Please excuse him. Oh, for God's sake, Fraser, don't waste your breath on this hairy, knuckle-dragging, mouth-breathing troglodyte who's probably the only male in existence who suffers from penis envy. (laughs) You look here, buddy. suit. Oh. oh my god! Nobody move him! I barely touched him! Then you admit you touched him! He admits it! Oh, oh Niles! Niles, I'm here for you! Oh, I promise we're gonna get you the best care that this man's money can buy! Oh, my god, Niles, that was brilliant! You even got a tear in your eye! I landed on a fork! <laughs> So I've got the tweet here. Oh, okay. It is from Paul Walter Hauser, I believe is how you Paul pronounce. Walter Hauser. Yes. Our fellow Paul. And I'm I'm not meaning to like say that you can't have your opinions on your AEW or NXT or the way of like. But was he just a bit just, overly it's negatory? It's just the language in this. Thing. Well, Let me know if you agree. This is the exact, the exact tweet here. There are many good sports entertainers on the WWE roster. AJ, Daniel Bryan, Roman, Seth, just as examples he's put. Bad examples, but go on. Well, Daniel Bryan's good. I don't like Seth. I know, but like, that's not the point here. We're getting I don't to know, it. But, go on. but can any, can any, all cats, by the way, every time he mentions any, it's all it mentions all cats, right? Yeah. Can any of them do a promo like Cody Rhodes? Can any of them reinvent like Jericho? Are any of them made noise like Moxley? Are any of them as hungry as Adam Page? Take note. Hashtag AEW. Now, there have been some people who. who I've came back at that. For one response, <coughs> one response is number one, yes, many as response to the Cody <laughs> one. Number two, yes, Bray Wyatt is the first that comes to mind when it comes to reinventing himself. Yeah. Uh, somebody else. Uh, or for Cody, I got with it, his dad's name, just asking for a friend. 
I mean, I mean, it's a bit lazy sometimes to accuse Cody again far away, sad, but that does play in it at times. I see where they're coming from. Oh, I think I think Cody's done a lot on his own back to yeah. fucking get to where he Someone, is. Some said Daniel Bryan has literally proven himself capable of all of those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Going from the most beloved guy and he's before he left and when he came back to suddenly going into this year's mania, one of the most hated heels on the roster. Yeah, but now he's baby-facing again, apparently. Apparently so. Well, that's going to be dull. Well, you never know. Anyway, someone someone put up a see like Brian. Someone put a gif reply with a gif of him. Brian saying fickle. Mm. Uh, a lot of people have mentioned in terms of reinventing themselves. A lot of people said Bray Wyatt. Mm. And like, wowie, wowie. Somebody and Cody responded just saying my man and just we had nodding like <laughs> don't, don't encourage shit like this. You make yourself look like oh Cody's just a mark for himself. Mm. Well, I can see how you would think that. But, like, just sort of say, like, oh, like, can anyone make noise like Moxley? Somebody mentioned, yes, AJ made noise like Moxley when he finally came to WWE. <laughs> Moxley, don't, oh, like, Moxley will admit he learned a lot from WWE and, and how basically he was an idiot some, in, in some aspects when he came to WWE. And also, Moxley became a star. You mentioned Roman Seth. They all, them two and Moxley all became stars together yeah. because they were a team together. They, they, were, all, they were a heel group. They all had the thing that they brought. Mm. They had their own thing, like Roman the Powerhouse, Seth the High Flyer, and Dean was the Talker. Yeah, he was a nut part. job. Aye, well, they, you guys did talk I about used, most I of used it. to love, like, like, you know, the like black and white kind of NWO-esque yeah. uh, Shield promos? Yeah. Where you just get Roman and Seth standing ominously either side of... Well, what Ambrose. Did, I just like the fact that the camera's always loading. You just saw the feet and then they're still bringing it up. Like, yeah. low production value just should make it look more real. Yeah, but Moxley was really, yeah, the really good in that. You know? And, you know, I will, I will, I'm going to cross my fingers that within the next year, uh-huh. Seth will do a turn. Right. I hope, because I find him the most irritating face. See, he deleted his Twitter. He deleted his Twitter the other day. Did he? I don't know why, but like that's because people don't want to hear from him. Every time he writes something, they hear him talk. <laughs> well, you read it in his weird voice. Yeah, and I I was cloaked in blackness. <laughs> Although he did have a good one, he did take shot at Shasta Banks the other day because he sent a tweet out before he 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 deleted Twitter. He sent a tweet out basically saying how he was looking forward to facing Ray on next week. <coughs> On next week's draw for the Universal title because Ray won a five way the yeah. week before. Isn't that good? I know. I hope Ray wins. And he talked about how he, lo- he looked up to Ray and goes, um, This is a match I've been waiting for my whole life and I can't believe I'm defending the title against him in the lead up to my match with Bray Wyatt Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Which I forgot next Sunday is Hell in a Cell. It came, that came by really quickly. Yeah, yeah. Probably because in between this and Survivor Series, they got fucking crown jewel. What do you think? What do you think Ray's chances are of winning the belt? Zero. You think? Yeah. Because I'm working on a theory here, right? I'm working on a theory. Do tell. Well, well, if you'll humour me on this one. It would probably be a weird, not bad, but a weird idea to see the fiend with the belt. Uh-huh. Right? But also it would be very, very wrong for the fiend to lose uh-huh. at Hell in a Cell. Right? Uh-huh. And I assume the WWE maybe... Just maybe might have the shock win for Ray. Hmm. Which would take Ray it would give Ray a lot of props, bring him back up into the main event proper. Plus he very well might go into another 
you know, plucky wee guy against a monster. Mm-hmm. Could be Rave facing Braun. Hmm. You know? I know it's a very, very, very unlikely scenario, but it's very, still something to think about. You know? Highly unlikely, but... And Sasha t- tried to take the piss out of Seth by putting a picture of her match with Alexa on this week's Raw. Mm. But he's basically using the same verbiage that Seth was using, but in a sarcastic manner, like... As a match I've been waiting for my whole life. I don't I can't believe I'm taking on one half of the women's side team tent. <laughs> and then Seth responded saying, I've I go into this with the same amount of excitement as I am for all your matches. which means I'm not excited at all. <laughs> it was oh, and Jupiter Jones are probably undeliver as mo- as many of the other matches do. Yeah. And somebody joked like is Becky Lynch taking over Seth's account. <laughs> but, like, Becky Lynch else, is annoying. But like some people have said like the whole thing, can I, are any of them as hungry as Adam Page? Somebody went, yes, literally all of NXT. <laughs> <laughs> and like, oh, like oh, was any of them hungry as Adam Page? Like, Velveteen dream. Like, like, me, did you not watch all out? The main consensus is Adam, even going into it was, Adam Page is either is being pushed too strongly as as this up and coming face. He, everyone said he was in the danger of becoming the Roman of the AEW and nah. all people saying that the match kind of proved to them that he wasn't ready. And also Cody's saying like, oh, we've got after Kenny's thing, we've got real stars. Like, even like Jericho has went on interviews saying like, oh, we need to introduce a lot of new people because they know me, they know, uh, D- they know Dustin and Cody, they know uh, Jericho and Moxley and that work. The lot of mainstream, this mainstream new audience that we're showing on TNT might not know who like, Kenny and the Bucks are or any yeah, of other yeah. guys are. Like, like see, even your your, <coughs> your champion right now is saying, yeah, like. A lot of these guys aren't actually as well known outside the hardcore fans. Like, so that's what kind of makes me think maybe, maybe Kenny wasn't being as serious as make some people might think he was about that whole statement. Mm. Possibly. Well, it's it's a lot to a lot to ponder. Like, and it's Cody v Jericho at Full Gear, which is their next pay per view. Do you in think November. Cody will win? No. Then Jericho will win with his weird elbow. Yeah, the Judas effect. The Judas. I've seen it, and I thought. I went and looked at it and went, that's it? Mm-hmm. You know, I was, it, it seemed like a, like a nothing move. No, no I, I do want, I want Kenny, Jericho to duck the disaster kick off the rope and then as Cody's getting up, he just, Jericho spins it and hits him with the elbow. Yeah. But like, yeah, Cody cut this promo, you know, him who can cut a promo like nobody else apparently according to this guy on oh, Twitter. totally, totally. Like, I could name at least five guys on an AEW that cut a better promo than Cody. <laughs> Pentagon Jr., if the Lucha Brothers gets a better promo than Cody and half his promos, half his promos in Spanish, which I don't even speak, <laughs> and I still enjoy his promos better. There's a really good uh, uh, Indian faction in Impact. Yeah, I heard about this. Like, uh, like they good promos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the main guy, the, mm-hmm. the big guy uh-huh. they've got, he's pretty. He's 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 hefty looking, you know. Like like Cody's got this promo at the end. The one good thing about the promo is at the end we took a shot at Jericho and the whole belt incident was, oh yeah. I don't forget the belt. Again. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of just one more thing. Uh, there was a rumour going around, apparently, that uh, Fox executives were very interested in having The Fiend on SmackDown. Yeah. Which, and they also found in debuts on Fox the week before, the Friday before LSL, and then the following week we had the draft. Yeah. But I thought they said... They did stress it was unlikely they'd go because Paul Heyman is a big supporter of Bray. Yeah. And Paul Heyman's with all the power on Raw, well, most of the career power on Raw now. All the power in his chubby little fingers to keep him on Raw. But, like, it's one of the things that's, that's weird, like, to you, I think, like, it's nice that Bray's kind of, it's almost a bidding war for Bray. I know. But, like, 
I think it would cause him more harm to go to SmackDown. Oh, it would. Because he'd have to lose at Hell in a Cell and then he'd go over. So by the time he goes over, then he's kind of lost some momentum. And then if you want to make him the top guy in SmackDown, then you've got to put him against Brawl against him. you got to wonder how long would Brock be to work with The Fiend. Like you say, if you were to have him lose to The Fiend, you'd have to probably pay Brock a lot of money. Because it's looking like if Bray stays on Raw and wins the title, which he should, uh, that... Even putting the yeah, even titled last week's episode the Fiend for Universal Champ, so it'd likely be Fiend v Brock at Survivor Series if they're doing the whole Raw SmackDown thing. Yeah. So it's very interesting. And uh, I, let me get your thoughts on this. There was a dark match segment on Raw this week. Right? Yeah. There's a really cool Firefly fun this week. He's got the pictures up of you. He's taking out the crosses to him. Like he's got Kane in there. Yeah. And a lot and. Uh, We've got Huskus and Ramblin' Rabbit fighting over a figure of Rollins and which Bray breaks apart. And like, yeah. You can share him. <laughs> and and Ramblin' goes, we're just such big fans, dude. We don't want the fiend to hurt Seth. And Bray's expression seems like, maybe he wants to help Seth. <laughs> Do you ever think about that? And then he attacks Braun at the end of Raw. Yeah. And then I was like, Seth's shit scaring and also they did a segment for after Raw and they're kind of sending the crowd home because Seth's face. Yeah. That thing where Bray... Uh, Seth hits him and we a kick, Bray doesn't go down, hits him with another kick, he finally goes down and then hits Seth Bray with a curb stomp, Bray pops right back up and then Seth gets him down again, hits him like fucking three curb stomps, but, yeah. but Bray's still kind of moving, so he goes for another one and then the lights go out and then the lights come back on and Bray's not there. <laughs> so like, Seth got some offense in, but like I said, Bray after the first curb stomp got right fucking back up. Yeah. And then I just seen a headline. It was more clickbait than anything. Like the WWE ruined Fiend after Raw goes off air. Yeah, it's a dark segment. Yeah, shit happens in dark segments all the time. They don't. They don't relate to the main show. Like everybody's so desperate to find something. Like oh god, they've already ruined them here. Like yeah, like something. Do you want? Do you want them in film? No. You know, no, but I'm oh, saying that's what I'm talking about like, those people. No, like they're so desperate to find like because every convinced every time the new good idea comes like. How long before they fucked this yeah, up? They're looking for, they're looking for fault. Oh, like the type, like there was a big story going on, like, oh, Bray's coming out at house shows with his old lantern, not the face lantern. Like, yeah, I, I imagine that's a difficult thing to carry around. Yeah. And very expensive. Like Jericho told the story of when his jacket, the guy were playing about with his light up jacket one time. He went right where he was entrance. He turned it on, and half of it wasn't working. <laughs> and also, imagine if you're having to carry that, you need to carry that on your carry-on, obviously not to lose it. Yeah. Imagine putting that through x-ray and they want to check your bag. How do you explain this lantern shaped like a human face? <laughs> oh, you see, I've got this character where I come up with this lantern. Yeah. Like, oh, it's just like, my heads. Like, you're, like, you're getting fucking strip searched after that. <laughs> like, bend over, sir. <laughs> Brace yourself, Agnes. <laughs> <laughs> it's that time of year again. <laughs> like, like I said, it's funny. I think people are, some people may just be looking for fault. Well, just a bunch of can he make them happy bastards? <laughs> That's what they are. Bunch of whining. Nothing's ever good enough for them wee bitches. There's a you know, thing on uh, on Twitter where and a pox upon them. Where Bray is going to almost war- warning, like he said, he apologised to Braun again on Twitter. I'll say his funhouse Bray tweeting about it, and then yeah. Braun kind of seemed like he was trying to challenge him. And then Seth Bray almost was encouraging him, like, don't stay away. As I just say, like, Funhouse Bray's, like, you see how Fishes the Fiend's been, like, yeah. Funhouse Bray's somewhat still in control. But now it seems like the more, longer it goes on, the more the Fiend is taking over. Yeah. 
the point where I think if he wins the title, but then when he loses it again, it could be like a Bruce Banner Hulk situation where Funhouse Bray is Banner, and once the title loses, loses the title, Fiend takes full control. Like, yeah. like get rid of Funhouse Bray. You're making me weak. I need to be full on Fiend yeah. to recover from this loss because I think it's the best way. If you're gonna have him lose for the first time, whenever you do have him lose, that's the best way to come back for it. You explain that. No, I beat myself. You didn't beat me. Yeah. My own mental weakness or whatever. Yeah. Because like, I remember Brian, after his match with Brock, when he turned to you, he did all the suplexes. He goes, I needed to take all the suplexes. I needed to have the weakness beaten out of me. Yeah. But anyway, like I say, we've talked quite a bit. And I think that's as good time as any to wrap up. I think so. It's been a, it's been a good show, as per. It has. And I, I thank you very much, Paul, for my gift, which I'll be framing as soon as I get home. You are welcome. Yes. High five. High five. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, remember to follow us on Twitter at SP Rambling, like our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Rambling Podcast, and get me on Twitter at SkullMcCloud1996. Find all the links to our Android podcasts and sites Anchor, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, iTunes, basically any Android podcast site right there, we're probably on it. Yay. Look at that. <laughs> like for all our other foods or reviews, you can find it. Tell us if you can find another time where we give a double thumbs up together. Hooray! You can find that Survivor Series 96 review that Paul talked about earlier on. You can find we talk a little bit Bray. Find our career perspective on Bray. Yes. Along with other ones. Watch uh, all, listen to all of our shows if you've got spare time. Teddy approved. <laughs> but also we got a teddy bear, by the way, for context. Yay! And I'm glad it was my choice this week because I had an idea for a song to play. I've played quite a few wrestling related teams the last few times in matches, and I'm going to keep that going. I think it's fair, given the news and the rumours and all that we talked about. We should play John Morrison's WWE theme as well. Hell we... yes! Yeah. So Hell sh- yes! It's a shame you didn't listen to Tune to Impact sooner because he just left Impact to him. Did Johnny? was Johnny Impact. So yeah, was... I know that. Yeah. Or some people were joking, like, it's always Johnny something like he, something jokes, I want him to go to AEW just so they can call him Johnny Elite because that sounds like something he would do. But anyway, yeah. So Johnny Nitro, John Morrison, Johnny Mundo, Johnny Impact, whatever you call him, here is his WWE theme song. Hopefully, we'll hear it again on WWE television in the coming weeks. Hope so, and hopefully, it'll come back out with that awesome jacket. Yeah, in a slow motion. Yeah, because I, I, I know it is not your way, but <laughs> I, I thought it was fine Go myself. Like, you know, yeah, like you, as a heterosexual man, you can, I can sometimes admit. When there's a good-looking man, and that is a good-looking man. That is a good-looking man. That's part of the reason I have the poster. Before we get lost in the picture, this picture of John Morrison, I'm just going to say goodbye from me and goodbye from Paul. See ya. <laughs>